Yeah, teacher leaves those kids alone, and I guess it really, this song maybe never had uh, more meaning uh, than it has today in, uh, in all over the world because uh, of what actually happened uh, in Littleton. Uh, for better or for worse, people are really questioning a lot of things about school. And uh, I think that there's a story that's sort of being, well, I don't know, it, people hear about it, but in some communities, it's not, it's kind of being, on the line. Uh, being suppressed a little bit. And that is that in almost every community, there have been repercussions. Uh, there have been, uh, that some people call them copycat, but I, uh, I don't think it's copycat. I think that, that there are just kids like this and kids who are angry at their schools, you know, all over the country. And, and in fact, even in Canada, where I just uh, came back from, uh, it seems like nothing, you know, n almost no community has, has, um, has, you know, survived unscathed from this whole thing. Um, I was talking to people, to some kids at a private, small private school, and even they find themselves looking around wondering who might, you know, do something like this. And maybe, you know, is there somebody that's kind of uh, being excluded or a group of a little, a few people that are being excluded and could be getting angry, you know, and, and so all of a sudden kids are beginning to wonder about these things. But I'll tell you this, I... <laughs> I've just been sick of hearing people pointing the finger, particularly professional educators, pointing the finger uh, at everyone else but themselves. You know, pointing out that well, it's the media, uh, well, it's it's the video games, uh, it's the gun lo uh, lobby, it's parents. Well, they gotta point the teacher, the 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 the, the finger at themselves at the schools, because that's where it's happening. And that's what so many kids are angry about. I'd like to know what you think about that, but that's my opinion. And uh, and I, I, I feel like that, that we need to look at what's wrong with the schools before we start looking every place else for problems. Uh, and, well, we're going to have an interesting show tonight. Uh, we, we have uh, the tri trivia questions uh, left over and a few new ones. And uh, our, our the sponsor, you know, that's been, uh, that's been uh, offering the used computers for less than $100 uh, is, in addition to that, is also has gotten hold of a slew of CD-ROMs that he's selling for something like eight of them for $15 or maybe a couple of dollars a piece. And I've got 12 pages of these CD-ROMs that they have. Well, uh, you know, Gralia's Encyclopedia, Doom Companion Edition. I'm just skipping through here. Uh, CD World Entertainment, Big Little Adventure, uh, Power Byte Utilities, Readorama. I mean, there's all kinds of porky pigs, <laughs> 800 sound effects. That's, that sounds cool. Uh, and uh, World's Greatest Shareware, Shooting Action Games. Uh, well, that's interesting, isn't it, in light of what we're talking about? Uh, and uh, I don't know, I've just got tons of things here. Uh, if you're interested in, in, in that, you can call our uh, 800 number and we will put you in touch with the uh, advertiser directly. Uh, and uh, just say, you, know, you can also say that, if you, that you're interested in the, uh, the under $100 uh, used computers or the new ones. They have new ones and I'm looking at the new one that they gave us to try out and I've got it all ready to plug in. I've got everything set up and I haven't had time to even 
you know, try it out yet. I can't wait to do that. I'm going to do it after the show. <laughs> uh, they have new computers, uh, 433 uh, megahertz uh, computers, state-of-the-art stuff for less than $800. Anyway, so give us a call if you want information on that at uh, 800-769-4171. Uh, and we'll talk about that later. Again, that number is uh, 800 uh, 769 And, uh, well, the trivia questions, we're going to throw a few of those out. Um, one of them that's left over, I'm going to tell you, if you can't figure this one out, <laughs> uh, I guess we will we, we'll tell you. But we'll give you, we'll give you at least a segment to try to come up with the answer. We, got, we, got, um, we have uh, prizes for any of them, you know, that you get right. For example, uh, tr uh, subscription to our magazines, usually $15 a year or... A uh, copy of the Almanac of Education Choices. It's a directory of all the alternative schools in the country. A lot of people looking for them now. Anyway, uh, those are some of the prizes, and that's usually twenty-three dollars. And uh, and the uh, so he, so those are some of the prizes we have for the people who get the trivia questions right. And here's one of them. Trivia question uh, that's uh, been going on for a while, and I'm going to give you every answer that people have given so far. It's, it's the the question is what is the number one vegetable crop in the world? And uh, the other answers, now listen to them because you should not repeat them because these are wrong. It's not wheat, it's not corn, it's not rice, it's not potatoes, it's not barley, it's not soy, and it's not cabbage or tomatoes or peanuts. <laughs> so what do you think it is? The number one vegetable crop in the world, and this is just basically when I say vegetable, something people eat. The second one is uh, the largest charity in the, in the United States. And couple of the newer ones, uh, the highest earning actor in the world. Who do you think the highest earning actor is in the world? Uh, and the second is the highest earning singing group. And as of 1997, the highest earning singing group. And you would know probably what it was. Anyway, so those are some of the questions and we may come up with some other ones. And the number to call, I guess I should tell you what number to call if you want to uh, either Can you talk about about the, uh, the stuff that, uh, the, the trivia questions, uh, or the things we're going to talk about tonight, the number to call is 818-353-1276. That's 818-353-1276 if you are in Los Angeles County. And if you're anyplace else in the country, the number is 800-336-2225. That's 800-336-2225. And again, Los Angeles, 818-353-1276. Well, I have on the line um, Jennifer, my niece. And uh, Jennifer was just happened that I went uh, to visit her when I went out there to the National Coalition, the Alternative Schools Conference uh, in Colorado. And I arrived by train on the day of the shooting at uh, Columbine and uh, heard about it when I was at Jennifer's house. And uh, Jennifer, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing all right. And yourself? <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, Jennifer is, uh, is was I homeschooled her when she was younger, and she went to a, a public alternative school, and uh, before that was in regular public school, and is now studying pre-veterinary medicine out there uh, in Denver. And uh, so I guess you're still you you go on right through the summer. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we go all year round. Right, and. Uh, so uh, I just wanted, since you're out there in Denver, I thought maybe you could kind of let us know, on hold for uh, you know, just how things have been going out there since, you know, since 
we left the area a week after the Columbine thing. Is it still big, you know, news in the Denver area? What are people's reactions to it? Oh, it's it's definitely still all over the place, all over the news. Um, you can't turn on the television without hearing it, but you got to expect that. Yeah, of um, course. I, I think the people are still definitely reacting to it. There are lots of little issues going on with it now. I know that that they put up, uh, there's this whole park downtown somewhere where they're p putting up all these crosses and, and mm -hmm. monuments to them and the, starting to get on the religious aspect of it and say it's a public park and they don't want the crosses there. Ah, and that's, that's interesting. starting to be this whole issue about right. how if it's going to be a permanent thing then, then you know. Right, right. Uh, um, hold on just a second, Jennifer. We have uh, somebody who wants to to try the trivia, but stay online, okay? Okay. And, okay, and we got a caller, and uh, what's your name, and where are you calling from? Hi, my name's Nico, and I'm calling from Redondo Beach. Okay. And, That's in um, California, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just calling to try and guess that trivia question about the vegetable. All right, go ahead. Is it cotton? What is, <laughs> oh, well, this is a vegetable crop in terms of what something we eat. Uh -oh. <laughs> but actually, otherwise, it would have been an interesting guess. I don't know where it would stand, but uh, in all of that, uh, you know, maybe it would be right up there. I'm not sure. But, it, you know, you're in, you're, let, let's put it this way, you're definitely in the right kind of ballpark when you're thinking about what kind of crop it is. It's not the usual thing we think of as vegetables. So, we want to try one other one? Try, try, it, try another attempt at it? Okay. What do you think? I'll try one more. Flax? <laughs> That's interesting too. Now, actually, other uh, on hold. Uh, flax is uh, is 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 not it, but that that is an interesting guess. Um, um, Miko, are you involved with education at all? No, um, not actually. <laughs> I just read a lot. You read? Are you you still in, you're not in school anymore? No, I'm out of school. Mm -hmm. I, okay. What? Well, I'm in go ahead. furniture business actually, and I do some manufacturing, so that's how I knew that cotton, you know, is a vegetable. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, because right. every now and then, you know, you'll get a bad batch of cotton, and it's just like, you know, vegetable crop. You know, sometimes I it's see. good, sometimes it's bad. Right, I get it. Okay. Well, thanks for calling in, Nico. Appreciate it. Okay, and we got another caller. Uh, what's your name? What's your first name? What's your first name, and where are you calling from? Yes, my name's Melissa, and I'm calling from Mooresboro, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, where in North Carolina? Mooresboro. Morrisburg. Uh, Where's that near? Okay, that's in Rutherford, North Carolina. I see. Okay. Uh, it's toward. <laughs> it's toward Char. It's, well, Charlotte's the biggest, you know, place, but we're down the, here in Rutherford, uh, Asheville, Lake Lord. Yeah. It's sort of well. Thirty dancing it, movies. It's, it's sort of between Asheville and, and Charlotte, or. Yeah. Kind I of see. Between. Okay. I it's got it. It's kind of just a small town. Yeah. All right. Uh, the, the reason area. I was calling is because. Uh, I tuned in when you was talking about uh, the Columbine shooting, you know, right. and, well, I'm a victim of, of gunshot uh, myself, and I could really? kind of, you know, comprehend, you know, a lot more than most people as a victim, I and I must so. say that the people that done this, uh, to me, and, you know, in my personal opinion, they were... Uh, needed attention in life. I know the boy that done this to me, he come from a family that never did get attention, you know. I didn't really know the boy, you know, it was kind of just like a 30 minute, you know, get shot, you know, just a spur of the moment thing. How, how did that happen? Uh, well, he, I didn't know him. He come up, he took a 12 gauge, 
He pointed it at me. He shot me. Just plain and simple. Meant Just to like kill that. Me. Where, 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 where did that happen? In a that in happened in Caroline, North Carolina, in, in 1984. I mean, was it in a building somewhere, or was it outside? Uh, actually, it was about three houses from mine. Amazing. And, and, and I so didn't you, know and, the and boy. It, and and it, what's that? I did not know the boy other than I had seen him before. Uh -huh. uh, he had just moved in, and he just took a grudge out on me and a few other people, but I'm the one that got the bullet. Right. And, and so what you're saying is, in a sense... This is very interesting that you're not so much uh, blaming him. Of course, he did it, but you're, in a sense, almost blaming the people who had really neglected him his whole life. Right. I've never, I've, I've always, you know, believed in the good Lord. I know the good Lord, you know, will take care of this problem. You know, I feel so lucky to be alive, but in the uh -huh. same sense, I, I don't blame him. I blame society. I mean, now, you know, in general, his, his mom and daddy... Not only that, it's going around, too. I've, I see it every day. There's children out there that are not getting attention. They're not, they're not being treated like children. They're having to grow up real fast, and they're getting violent. And, and maybe it's not so much that they're not, people are not paying attention to them, but they're being forced to do things exactly. that are... Uh, exactly. On the same sense, it goes both ways. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know... Uh, I don't know how to, you know, <laughs> you just have to, you know, live in my shoes, then, you know, so I can explain it better. I mean, I've, yeah, no, I, I think you've made yourself very clear, and that's very interesting. I just want to uh, just, uh, I was talking to Jennifer, my niece, who's on, also on the line earlier tonight. Yes, uh, I heard, about, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, but Jennifer, at one point, well, you you were telling me how angry you sometimes got in school when you felt like you were being outcast or something like that. You want to? Well, uh, well, I think that um, it's I mean, me myself being a, a different person, and I certainly get a lot from it, especially after the Columbine shootings. My wardrobe consists of black. My hair is dyed black, and people like me and people who are different get treated like like outcasts get treated like garbage by other other students in school yeah that's are, true that's really true that, that's exactly what i'm trying to say exactly what jennifer's saying you know it's them people that get treated that way i see it every day okay hold on for a second we got to take a quick break about only about a minute or so and, and we'll be right back so both of you if you could just stay on the line because i think this is a very very important discussion so uh, we'll be right back. Uh, we've got to take a break. And this is Jerry Mintz of the Education Revolution. Okay, this is Jerry Mintz, and the show is the Education Revolution. And uh, we were talking <laughs> uh, to uh, Melissa and to Jennifer. And Melissa is somebody who is a, sh a, sh a sh yep. shooting victim. And, uh, and uh, Jennifer is a, a, a college student who is in Denver. And, and uh, so, Melissa, you were saying you can understand how Jennifer would feel in that kind of situation. Yes, uh, I, I can, Jerry, because uh, anybody, you know, that is, can kind of relate when they've been there. It's happened to me at school, too, and I can kind of relate. Let me tell you a little something, Jerry. Uh, it, it's not just going on in just regular school. It's up there in college, too. It really is. I mean, you know, you have to think about, you know, you try your best, you, you know, you get A's, 
some people get seized, some people, uh -huh. you know, do the best they can. Yeah. But I do believe, Jerry, if you're asking me honestly, as a, a, a gunshot victim, and may I mention that I have lost just about half my face. I've had 385 operations. Oh, my God. I've only got one lung. And as somebody that has been, you know, through it, I, I must say, I truly believe that that's where all the trouble comes from. Well, Melissa, I thank you very much for calling. I think you've spoken very articulately about this situation, and I think it's just wonderful that you've come on our show and shared this with us. Well, thank you so much, Terry. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for calling. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, um, Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, I just, isn't that incredible, what Melissa was oh, talking about? Yeah, I, I'm absolutely in. I'm sure that, that that's a really intense experience to have to go through, to say the least. Well, and it uh, was, isn't it interesting that she has come to realize that, that a lot of this, she, she, she blames on society. And Jennifer, what, what do you think about the concept that I was uh, talking about before, uh, which is that, you know, I, I, I mean, the idea of people pointing their fingers at, other things other than the schools. Oh, yeah, that absolutely. Is and people are so insistent on pointing their finger at the media, at, at the video games these children played, at the movies that they watched. And it really, I don't think, has anything in the world to do with it. I mean, I, I dress in dark colors like they did. I play violent video games. I watch violent movies. And I'm a, a nice, friendly person. I don't <laughs> feel the need to run out and do what they did. And, and I can certainly say that there was something, you know, disturbed in them that, that it got to them the way it did, but it's absolutely yeah. society's fault. It's absolutely the finger should be pointed, if at anyone, at them, at their families, at the people that went to their school, and now, what on do you, some what do, level, what do you mean by victims. Now, what do you mean by the people that went to their schools? In what sense? The, the people that were around them, the people... The, I, like I, I was telling you earlier, there was a newspaper article that I read uh, mm -hmm. just a couple days afterwards where somebody said in so many words that they couldn't believe that it happened at their school because their school was so perfect and preppy. And they actually now, used those words. Now, that attitude right there, that only people who are preppy, who dress in, in you know, khaki slacks and, and polo shirts, are the ones that are good people, are the ones that have potential in life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've been called a lot of things. I've certainly been referred to as a freak or a goth or a dark person. And you know what? I'm a 4.0 student in college right now. And if somebody treated them like they had more potential or like they were human beings, then maybe they wouldn't have felt as angry as they did. Right. Well, I wonder if there are some uh, other uh, students out there listening to this uh, if you have an opinion about this, and, and also wonder if there are other people out there in communities. Now, I want to ask you two questions, actually. One is, uh, have you had um, any kind of similar incidents in your communities out there? And I've gotten all kinds of reports from people about this, uh, email and stuff like that. And I wonder, just for curiosity, if there's any community out there uh, where you have not had any repercussions from this, that everything seems to be going very smoothly, there have been no, you know, bomb scares, no kids being arrested, nothing like that. And I, I'm curious to hear if there's a community out there like that, too, and maybe what it is about your community where you've avoided this, because this has been, well, let me, let me read you one email that I got here. 
please send me information on homeschooling. I need all the information I can get as the school my child currently attends has had one bomb threat, four students arrested for conspiring to recreate the Columbine massacre, and has had one live bomb found on the school grounds all within the last three days. I no longer feel safe sending my child there. And she gave me her email address, and uh, we've written back to her. And this is happening all over. Now listen to this other one that I got from a student. She said, listen, have you received any claims that, uh, that she mentioned a certain day? Is National Bomb your school day? Uh, if you have, I need to know about it because my school is in serious trouble and the moron principal doesn't believe me. I'm so scared because no adult believes me except my stepmom and my best friend. And I, and I are the only ones trying to do anything about this. There's considerable evidence my school will be bombed. I'm terrified and so are my friends but our parents are making us go to school. What do I do? Sincerely. And this is the kind, can you imagine we're getting these kinds of, of, of letters from people? It's just incredible. Uh, anyway, so we'd, li if you, we'd like to hear from you if anything like this is going on in your community or if you have any comments on what we've been talking about here. Uh, the number to call if you are in Los Angeles County is 818-353-1276. That's 818-353-1276. And if you're anyplace else in the country, the number is 800-336-2225. That's 800-336-2225. And we still have the trivia questions out there. The number one vegetable crop in the world, nobody's quite got it yet. And <laughs> I can't imagine. It's really When you hear it, you're going to say, oh, oh, of course, of course. And the second one, the largest charity in the world. And when you hear it, people are going to say, oh, oh, yes, of course, that's obvious. Uh, and no one's got that one yet. And the other two questions, the highest earning uh, actor in the world, and, and these are both as of 1997, the highest earning actor in the world and the highest earning singing group in the world. And let me tell you, you should get that one. And we got prizes for any of those. Again, the number, if you're in Los Angeles County, 818 353-1276. That's 818-353-1276. Uh, and if you're anyplace else in the country, the number is 800-336-2225. That's 800-336-2225. Um, so, let's see. I don't think anybody is uh, waiting right now. And I think uh, Jennifer is still there. Jennifer, do you have to go or can you stick with us a little longer? Oh, just for a few more minutes, and then I want to go to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, um, I, I, was, uh, I, I drove up to Canada uh, uh, this weekend because uh, I had to do a, well, I had to go to a meeting of the board of my old school, and uh, we're cooking up some fundraising events and so on to support alternative education. But uh, then I drove up to Canada, and, you know, it was very interesting that even in a little rural area of French Canada, they were having the same kind of repercussions and people even being afraid to go to school because of these bomb threats. It's just amazing how, it's, how this has spread all over the place. Um, but I had a meeting there with a group of people who want to start a homeschool resource center, and it was a wonderful meeting. And this is the kind of thing, by the way, that we do. We help people either uh, uh, by, through phone consultations or direct consultations if we can possibly get there ourselves who want to set up uh, homeschool resource centers and new schools and who want to start homeschooling. And later on, you know, we'll give you again our number if you're interested in that kind of thing. 
the office number of our organization, which is the Alternative Education Resource Organization. Well, I'll give it to you right now, and then we'll give it to you later again. It's, it's 800-769-4171. That's 800-769-4171. And we have a caller. Uh, what's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, what's your, what's your first name? My name is Victoria. Victoria, and where are you calling from, Victoria? Parker, Arizona. What? Parker, Arizona, okay. And what's on your mind, Victoria? Victoria, hello? Yeah, yeah what's, on, what's on your mind, I said. <laughs> I'm listening to, to, I'm listening to TV and you. Oh, well, don't, 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 turn your TV down because it is a little delay in there. It'll just totally confuse you. Okay. Okay? So, what do you want to do, Victoria? You want to, you, what are you calling for? For the um, vegetable. Okay, what do you think? Onion. Onions. Well, uh, onions actually hasn't been mentioned yet, but that's not the answer. <laughs> I'll write that down to my list of ones that it's not. Uh, you know, you got to think of something that all over the world, everybody eats a lot of. All over the world. It's a very common human thing. Anyway, uh, are you in school, Victoria? No. No? What do you do down there in Parker? I'm a house person. <laughs> A house person. <laughs> yeah, I say. What does that mean? Take care of my my child and. Oh, so you got a child, huh? Yeah. And how old he's, is your child? He's three years old. His name's Juana Wilson. Uh huh. And this weekend, I'm pretty sure that there's a a powwow. Yeah. In Parker, Arizona, and that's what I'm getting ready for. Ah, are you Native American? Yes, I am. Oh. That's very interesting. Well, you know, uh, I have I helped the um, Iroquois set up one of the first uh, Native American uh, run alternative schools, uh, and uh, that school actually uh, is still running. Is and, where is it located? Uh, well, that's in upstate New York. Oh. Uh, it's, uh, it's called the Aquasasne Freedom School, and uh, the original school that we started was called the Indian Way School. And uh, the whole idea of it was to try to help the uh, Mohawks save their language because in the public schools, the kids were actually being punished if they spoke Mohawk. Can you imagine that? Yeah. I think it's wonderful that you are, you know, staying involved with your own uh, traditions. Uh, it's did very you, important in my life. Yeah, did you grow up on a reservation? Yes, I have. This is um, in Parker, Arizona. It is the Colorado River Indian tribe. Uh-huh. But I was born in South Dakota from the Cheyenne River tribe. I see. <clears throat> and um, my mother, she, she taught me out all through my life, and I love her very much. And, and do, you, do you speak uh, uh, any Native Indian languages? No, I don't um, fluently. I, um, my mother was teaching Lakota. Uh-huh. Sioux. Yeah, Lakota. Yeah. Uh -huh. To me, a little bit when I was younger, but now I'm older. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to um, conserve my uh, knowledge of my tribe. And, and are you are you going to try to uh, have your child learn the uh, languages too? I haven't passed it down to him. Not now. Yeah, but so, so maybe you should you can find a way or to introduce uh, your son to a native speaker, you know, so that the language does continue. There, there are a few elder people that I do know that, that would teach me. If That's gr great. Yeah. 
Okay, well, I, I appreciate you calling in, Victoria. We've got to take a break, but, uh, you know, if you, uh, this is something I happen to be very interested in. And, um, um, uh, I'd like to speak with you more. Okay, well, why don't you stay? Why don't you stay on the line? Because I really do want to pursue this a little bit. Okay, uh, we we've got to take a break. And uh, uh, if anybody else wants to call in and get involved with the conversation, it's eight one eight three five three one two seven six. And if you're anyplace else in the country, eight hundred three three six two 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 five. We'll be right back after this. Okay, this is Jerry Mintz. The show is The Education Revolution, and we're talking to Victoria, who is a Native American down in Parker, Arizona. And uh, so you, you do not live uh, in the reservation right now, Victoria? Yes, I do. Yes. Oh, you do? Oh, I see. Okay, yes. great. It's, uh, it's expanded from um, north of Parker, about 14 miles. I see. And it stretches all the way down the Colorado River. Oh wow, that's great! And and so so now um, you know, as, as I said, one of the things that I'm very interested in is helping um, uh, Native Americans uh, that are interested in trying to save their language and culture by setting up their own uh, schools and programs. And uh, oops, I hear that. I think you got the. I don't know if that's coming from the phone. call you back? Yeah, why don't you call back? Okay, okay. see if we can get it again, okay? Yeah. Okay, we, something went wrong with the uh, with the phone down there, but we'd like to continue talking to yes. uh, Victoria. I'm still here. Yeah, Jennifer, are you still there? Victoria's still here. Oh, you're still there. Oh, I don't know what the other Jennifer one was. Oh, okay, that's what it was. Jennifer had to leave. So, um, so Victoria, um, you know, one of the things that, one of the things that I, um, uh, did help uh, one tribe do is, uh, is uh, this was up in northern uh, Canada, in fact. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a tribe that uh, they had moved back to their ancestral land, and uh, the government recognized the tribe but not their land, and so they had never helped them with education or housing, and so the kids were growing up with no school at all. Mm -hmm. And I heard about that from somebody, uh, actually I read it in the newspaper when I was at a conference up in Canada and I contacted the chief who asked me if I would come up and help them start a school. So I went up there by taking a train to a place called Sioux Lookout and then I flew on Bearskin Airlines <laughs> 200 miles away from the nearest road and went by a ski-do, uh, a ski-mobile, uh, about 26 miles across a frozen lake to, <laughs> to get to their land. And we, in two weeks, we helped them organize a new school, and the government then, by treaty, had to recognize the school and help them out. And now, uh, this school is, is running. That's and great. Uh, isn't that great? Yeah. So this is the kind of thing we, we, we love to do. And uh, uh, so now, what kind of school situation do you have down there? In, um, uh, it's know. mostly public schools, and um, they have like a, a head start for the younger children. Mm -hmm. and that's pretty much it. I see. So, uh, you know, uh, have you ever, th have you thought about homeschooling? Is that something you'd ever consider? Yes, that's, that's one thing I would really like to have seen. Um, yeah, because that's definitely a way to go. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, and you can kind of set up your own curriculum based on the things that you think are really important for your son to learn. That's true. You know, you could work on language, you could work on culture, you could work on crafts and, and that sort of thing. I know of a school uh, in the Oneida Reservation uh, up, in, uh, up in Canada where the language was almost gone and to the point where there were these two brothers who knew the language and they set up a little school up there and at that school um, they did everything in that in the language in the Oneida language and uh, you know the, uh, everything was sort of based on the Indian approach uh, Native American approach and and, and it, would, it got to the point where the kids in that school could speak to their grandparents but their parents couldn't understand. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, that's that's the the gap between our our generations and our family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. in, in other words, their their parents actually had, the language was gone, but fortunately, because of these kids, they were able to keep that language uh, going. And I think it's very very important. When you lose a language, you lose an awful lot. <laughs> My husband Tyrone Wilson, he's a Navajo. Yeah. Mm -hmm, from. New Mexico and so obviously he speaks his language he speaks a little bit he can understand some words that when people speak to him he, he'll understand but yeah he hasn't spoken the language to really no so uh, and would he like to uh, to kind of learn his la his language better yes I would I would like to know more about him and my language I've learned like my numbers and when I was in first grade, I remember I was taught my language, but after I left that school, I went to a public school after that, and they didn't teach it, so therefore I never learned it. And you know, where, where, we, where we help, I told you, we helped the Mohawks uh, start this, <clears throat> uh, this uh, the Indian Way School uh, in northern New York State, and there's another Mohawk reservation that's right near Montreal called the Kanawaki uh, Reservation, or Reserve, as they call them there. And uh, what happened is that they started the second Indian Way School up there a year later. Uh, this was back in the 70s. <laughs> and that school kept on running for, for a while. And then eventually, uh, they, tried, they decided that all, <laughs> that all immigrants in French, you know, in, in Quebec had to be educated in French. And then they decided that all Native Americans were immigrants. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> and so uh, they, they had to be educated in French. Well, their traditional language was actually English, and so they, and, and aside from Mohawk, so they decided that they would protest this, and they pulled their kids out of school. But because they already had a model in their community, the Indian Way School, they set up a little mini schools based on that one all through their reservation. And what happened is that they found that their kids were so excited about it that they said, you know, this is no longer a protest, this is permanent. And they set it up and it's called the Survival School and they got the Canadian government to pay for it, for it and that's been going ever since. And eventually, in order to try to get, you know, some of these students back in the public school system, the local public school system there that had been originally serving the Mohawks set up a school that was total immersion Mohawk. In other words, it was a public school now that was going to be in the language of Mohawk uh, as a choice for the parents. And I that's something like I bet you. I, would I was going to say. Yeah. Well, maybe you could work on that. Maybe you could try to lobby or go to the school department and see if it's possible to have that at least as a choice for people. Yes. Well, I was growing up and I was known as a the powwow girl, you know, and I danced 
in front of my whole school, you know, perform my my ceremony. Like, yeah. Like, I was, uh, I am a traditional dancer. Uh-huh. And, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> and I haven't seen that happen ever since I left school. Really? Yes, I I haven't. That's terrible. Well, you know, we used to bring the kids from our school over to the Mohawk Reservation all the time uh, and uh, participate in their social dances. And yeah. so I actually know a lot of the Iroquois social dances because we participated in that. I even remember some of them, <laughs> but I'm not going to sing them <laughs> right now. Anyway, <laughs> fortunately for our listeners. Um, but uh, that's, I, I, it is such an incredible and intense and wonderful experience when you have some of this the kind of native dancing going on. Yeah. I can't even begin to explain it to everyone. It was just fantastic that we were allowed to participate in that, you know. I grew up in South Dakota. My mother and father, they raised me. And every weekend, I remember, for 19 weeks, weekend, we danced straight. And that was a summer thing. I remember my mom and dad would take me and be gone all weekend, and I have to show up at school at at seven o'clock in the morning, and I'm yeah. still <laughs> I'm still halfway have my regalia on, and that's wow. what I remember growing up. And I had, you know, I had. And you have been able to do that so since much then. that I still want to continue it to this day. I'm trying so hard to finish my outfit that I'm going to make for myself. That's great. Well, you know, I think that all of this stuff is extremely important. And uh, uh, have you ever seen a publication called Aquasasni Notes? Aquasasni Notes. It's it's a it's a, a publication put out by, but it goes all over the country. Put out uh, from the Mohawk Reservation. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, you know, well, we could go on and on. This obviously is something that I'm very very interested yeah. in. And uh, if, if you would be interested in uh, subs you know subscribing to our uh, magazine. We have a magazine called Aerogram. Uh, why don't you just call our 800 number and uh, we'll put you on the mailing list. And if other people are interested who are listening to the show, we'll just do it right now. Uh, it's not something we usually offer. It's usually $15 uh, uh, for a subscription. But uh, if there are some listeners that would like to, uh, to get uh, you know, a, a, a free um, uh, half a year subscription to the magazine, um, we'll send you a, a copy of our a magazine. Latest issue, by the way, has a picture of me and Patch Adams, the real Patch Adams on the <laughs> cover, because <laughs> uh, I've known him for a long time, and he wants to set up an alternative school as part of his new hospital. Anyway, I'll give you our 800 number. You can just call and leave me your address, uh, Victoria, when you call this number, and uh, we'll send you out and remind, uh, you know, when you call, just if you, if you don't get a live person, just sure, Jerry. In, the, in, the, in the message, just uh, say that you, you would like to have that subscription and we'll send something out to you, okay? Okay, Jerry. Okay, the number is... Great uh, talking the, with you. Yeah, let me, let me give you the number so you can call it, okay? It's uh, 800, right? You got something to write this down yeah. with? It's 800-769-4171. Uh, and anybody else who would like to call that number and leave your address, we will send you a, a, a half a year subscription to our magazine. Again, that's 800-769-4171. And Victoria, it's been great talking to you, and I wish you luck. And you know, we'll, we'll you'll be part of our network now. So thank you, Jerry. <laughs> All I right, take you care. Thank you for talking with me. Nice talking to you, Victoria. 
Well, that was great. Uh, you know, Victoria is uh, Native American and wants to make sure that her son knows something about those traditions and, and uh, so on. Uh, if you'd like to call in and talk to us about education or what's happening in your community or um, you want to try the trivia questions, uh, uh, we'll give you the number to call in a minute. And I'm going to repeat uh, the trivia questions that are out there that people still haven't uh, gotten. Uh, one of them is, what is the uh, number one vegetable crop uh, number one vegetable crop in the world, in the world, and uh, uh, it's funny, people have guessed wheat, corn, rice, potatoes, uh, soy, sweet potatoes, cabbage, uh, tomatoes, peanuts, onions, and it's none of those. So anyway, see if you can guess what it is. <laughs> number one crop in the world. And that, the second one that was, what is the largest charity in the US? And people have guessed the Catholic Charities, Red Cross, Salvation Army, Shriners, Boy Scouts of America, Cancer Society, Father Flanagan, and it's none of those. So you could uh, try that one also. I'm going to give you the number to call in a minute and we take a break. And uh, a couple other questions. Who is the highest earning actor in the world? Uh, and another one is uh, the highest earning singing group in the world. So those are some of the trivia questions we have out there. And the number to call, if you want to try to take a crack at that, is 818-353-1276. If you're in Los Angeles County, that is 818-353-1276. And if you're anyplace else in the country, it's 800-336-2225. That's 800-336-2225. And I also want to remind you that um, we do have the CD-ROMs uh, for eight for $15 or a couple of dollars a piece. And uh, that we have a big treasure trove of them, 12 pages of them. Uh, if you want to call the same number, uh, if you want to call our office number, you can find out about those, 800-769-4171. That's 800-769-4171. We're going to take our last break, and we'll be right back in a minute. Okay, this is Jerry Mintz, the show is The Education Revolution, and we have a caller, and what's your first name, and where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Terry, and I'm calling from Torrance. Okay, so what's on your mind? Well, Sorry. I just wanted to answer one of the trivia questions. Sure, what do you th which one? Um, I'm not sure if this is the right answer, but um, the telethon one, the biggest telethon. The biggest what? Didn't you say oh, what is charity. the largest biggest telethon? Charity. No, oh, no, charity. 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 Oh, yeah. it's, oh, it's not a telethon. I was going to say the no, 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 no. The number one charity in the U.S. Oh, oh, yeah. I was going to say the Jerry Lewis telethon because oh, yeah, no, that's telethon. that's big. But now I'm talking about just think about your community and and what do you think you know? Because uh, almost every community has uh, this organization uh, that would have be the biggest charity in the U.S. And um, the American Heart and Lung Association. It's a good one, but that's not number one. <laughs> Can I answer one of the other trivia questions? Oh, sure, which one? <laughs> okay, what, what, what was the first one again? I kind of, kind of forgot. The number one vegetable crop in the world. How about lettuce? <laughs> no, it's not lettuce either. Oh, okay, I'm going to well, add another you. one. It's another one that people have guessed. In the <laughs> oh, oh, thank you very much for letting me try. Okay, thanks. Okay, okay and we have another, another caller on, on the line, and what's your first name? My first name? Yeah. Meep, Meep Rodebank. What, what is it? Neep. Neep. That's from Holland. I'm from the Netherlands. Neep. Okay. And, and you're from the Netherlands. You're not calling from there, though, I guess. Yes. Well, I live here. Where do you live? I live or in Oregon. 
In Oregon, okay. Ben Scott, Oregon. Oh, okay, great. Uh, uh, what part of what what part of Oregon is that? And um, Grand Pass, that is in uh, near Medford. Near Medford, okay. I see. You Grand familiar Spa. with it? Yeah, I've I've been through there. I, I've driven through Oregon, and so I know about where that is. On the way to Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, well, what's on I your mind? I was thinking the the potatoes, not the sweet potatoes, but the the, the ordinary potatoes. Uh, potatoes are the one, the two, three, crop. four. They, they, potatoes are the fifth most, oh. the, the 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 number five in the world. Yes. But th that's not the answer. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Because so, so in Holland, in Holland, the uh, the potatoes are the most famous. We eat that every day, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, believe it or not, the you know, when I tell you when you find the answer to this, you'll you'll probably realize that you may eat even more of this than potatoes. Oh. <laughs> onions? So now, uh, onions? No, not onions. Anyway, um, so uh, are you at all involved with education there in Oregon? Any well, I'm a grandmother, you know, and I have uh, six, seven children. Seven, and I'm uh -huh. looking, And uh, 16 grandchildren, so, but I was look, uh, listening to your program. Very and interesting. Do, any of your any of your grandchildren uh, at all involved with alternative education? I know you've got a number of alternatives out there in Oregon. Oh, yes but they all live somewhere because I'm from the Netherlands and we moved so many times. I was in the war over there. Oh, I and see. then we went in Canada and the West Indies. So they live in Atlanta and British Columbia, Toronto, Sonoma. Well, you know, you know, you know we, have, we have a book, a directory of all the alternative schools in the country. And, then, and you, you mentioned any place, for example, in Atlanta, there's a wonderful alternative school there called Horizon School. Oh, yes. Right. I'll write this down, Horizons School. Horizons School. It's a wonderful alternative. And in British Columbia, there's a fantastic public alternative called uh, Windsor House in, in, in Vancouver. I don't know if, where, where they are in, Vancouver, in British Columbia. What, where are they in, in British Columbia? Yeah, not in British Columbia, in Ontario. Oh, in Ontario. Yeah, and then in Montreal, you know, Quebec. Yeah, you know, I was just up in uh, Quebec uh, just over the weekend, and I discovered that there are a series, a group of 30 uh, alternative schools uh, in that in Quebec uh, that are part of a group called Goaland, G-O-E-L-A-N-D. Oh, the Collyland, yeah. Goaland, and it's it's a it's a, a group of 30 alternative schools that are in Quebec. So there, what I'm saying, of course, is that, that wherever you go, you can find alternative schools uh, if you're looking for them. And of course, homeschooling homeschooling is legal almost everywhere. Yes. Okay, well, thanks for calling in. It's appreciate talking welcome. to you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, so we have another caller, and what's your first name? Hello. What's, yeah, what's your first name? Cy. Cy, where are you calling from, Cy? Los Angeles. Okay, and so what's on your mind? I'd like to take a shot at the uh, charity thing. Okay, what do you think? Community chest. Well, you know, the community chest is a, is a several different charities put together, you see. The same thing with United Way. So we're talking about an individual charity, which which is the biggest one. Can I take a shot at the other thing about the uh, crop? Sure. What do you think? Sugar. You want it? <laughs> mm -hmm. Can you believe that? All this time, this has been weeks. Mm -hmm. Nobody thought of sugar cane. Oh, sure. And of course, that is the number one crop in the world. No matter where you go, people are interested in sugar cane. Ah, listen to the audience applauding. Wow. <laughs> you did it. Sugarcane is the answer. You are a winner, and uh, I'm going to give you our 800 number. You can call that number, and we'll send you out your prize, okay? 
Very good. Okay, the number the number to call is uh, 800-769-4171. Got 769-4171. 769-4171. You got it. That's great. So I congratulations. I'm, I, I, you know, isn't it funny how people never thought of sugar as something that they eat? I did because it's <laughs> too much sugar. That's right. It's too much, right. And the funny thing is it's not even combined with sugar beet because sugar beet by itself is already about the seventh or eighth place, you know, even by itself. So it's sugar cane is the number one crop in the world. And we won't be doing that question anymore, finally. <laughs> Can I just check the number again? It's 769-4171. You've got it. And, Asai, are you at all involved with the education out there in Los Angeles? No, I'm not. I'm in the entertainment field. Yeah, entertainment? What kind of, uh, what, what aspect of it? Agency, theatrical agency. Ah, you run a th you're part of a theatrical part agency? Part of a theatrical agency. I don't run. I see. <laughs> you know, there's, there's an interesting alternative school out there in West Los Angeles called Play Mountain Place. I don't know if you ever heard of it. No, I haven't. Yeah, it's a very nice, very nice place. Well, thanks for calling in, Cy. Thank you very and, much. And, and congratulations. Thanks a lot. Okay, so somebody finally got that uh, question right, and we still have the other one out there, the largest charity in the U.S. Someone's going to get that. And uh, we got a couple other ones out there, too. So uh, I don't know if, uh, if anyone's uh, still waiting. Is anyone still online? Or, uh, I guess not. Okay. So, um, well, we only have a few minutes left. And I want to remind everybody uh, that we do have uh, our, one of our sponsors, uh, the uh, a company out in Utah that makes new computers and also sells used ones because they replace some of the, of the people's computers. You know, they trade them in and stuff like that. And, get them in from various places, and they have computers that are for sale for under $100 that are used ones, and they also just got a huge truckload of, uh, of uh, CD-ROMs, and uh, they are selling them for uh, eight CD-ROMs for $15, less than $2 a piece, or I think you can get them for about $2 each if you want, and uh, I've got just a whole 12 pages. I can't begin to tell you all the stuff that's on them, but one of them, just one of these, is the Grolier's Encyclopedia. So just like that, you could have that. Doom Companion, city, Great Cities of the World. I'm just skipping through here. Uh, this uh, Power Byte Utilities for Windows. I mean, almost anything you could think of. That's hockey Internet, Golf Internet, Football Internet, uh, the best people in business. Uh, just skipping through here, you know, all the... Kids only internet companion. Kids, uh, you know, they're they're just anyway. It's just tons of them. Uh, Porky Pig, Project Icons. I don't know what that is. Um, internet Wizard, Spellorama, Readorama, uh, Sound Effects, uh, Hockey Internet Companion, Football Internet Companion. Well, anyway, so these are all of these CD-ROMs. If you're interested in getting these CD-ROMs for like a couple of dollars a piece or so. Uh, you can just uh, call our 800 number. We'll put you in touch with the uh, uh, with the guy who's uh, who's got all these and who also has the new and used computers. His name is Jan Smith, and the reason why we always do it this way is because uh, uh, his 800 number only takes one call at a time, and ours can take almost any number. And so the number to call is 800-769-4171 uh, if you're interested in the CD-ROMs or the uh, used computers, or and the one other thing I want to remind you about, and that is that uh, there is, if you're interested in homeschooling, and you want to be in an accredited school, you would like to be part of an accredited homeschool pro that is based on the internet, so that you can actually use the internet as part of this. Uh, the um, 
the number again to call is 800-769-4171. That's the Laurel Springs Academy. And again, call the same number, 800-769-4171. And we have a caller. What's your, what's your name? What's your first name? Hi, my name's Debbie. Debbie, and, and uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from North Providence. I thought I'd call you before I hit the sack. Okay. How you doing, <laughs> Debbie? Good. So what's up? Well, first, can I guess the top paid actor? Go Is ahead. Is it Tom Hanks? Nope, not Tom Hanks. Nope. <laughs> I can't believe Sugar was the answer. I was going. Isn't that something? You, uh, isn't that great? I called and, before and guessed the letter. I remember. <laughs> I remember you called in, and, the, and it's so obvious, isn't it? <laughs> Very obvious. <laughs> yeah. Anything else on your mind tonight, Debbie? Uh, no. I, I, you know, this whole situation with the uh, Columbine and everything. Yeah. Um, you were talking about, you know blaming the schools and well I think that the schools have to take some basic responsibility for it, how oh, they run their schools. they can't exclude themselves absolutely that's right that's I mean, right I'm on a PTO with my school and right now we're trying to get a, a meeting together uh -huh. to um, have the psychologist or someone more qualified to talk with parents about how to help us handle our, um, help our kids handle anger Right, right. Um, Listen, Debbie, we, we're, we're just about out of time. Uh, I think it's very important that, that uh, uh, you know, what you're doing there, and uh, I'd like to hear more about it, but we've got to say goodbye for the day because we're just about right, done. I am, am going to call that other number. I do want to get that pamphlet. We will send it to you. All right. Again, 800-769-4171 if you want the free information on alternative education. 800-769-4171. Hope you enjoyed our show tonight. We'll be right back. Oh, we'll be back next week, rather, with the Education Revolution. Education uh, Revolution, and uh, well, of all places in the world, everybody, today I am in uh, Denver, Colorado, and uh, as you've I'm no doubt heard by now, there's an incredible tragedy uh, that has happened uh, in this uh, area, in Jefferson County. Uh, the reason why I'm out here is because uh, I've, uh, I'm going tomorrow to an education conference. Maybe this is ironic. It's, it's an alternative education conference of an organization that uh, wants to change the whole education system into one that really responds to, uh, to kids' needs uh, in a better way than happens in the traditional public school system. And uh, so that is one aspect of what I want to uh, talk about tonight in exploring, and for those of you who ha haven't happened to have heard it, there, was, uh, there were at least uh, two students who came into a public uh, high school, uh, Columbine High School in Littleton, Colorado, right near here. Uh, and uh, between shooting and bombs and so on, killed uh, perhaps 25 students and there maybe 20 others injured. There's never been anything like this before in this country, uh, and in fact, I think even in terms of other kinds of tragedies in Colorado, someone said this was even bigger than a, than a, than a uh, plane crash that, that happened here. It's un unbelievable. Uh, people are just so stunned. And uh, 
I'm out here, as I said, I came out by train. We got off the train this morning, and I was with a group of, of students and teachers uh, from an alternative school in Albany, New York, interracial inner city school. And um, they had the students uh, from, say, 12 to 14, 15. And uh, we're going to this conference starting tomorrow. Uh, I have a couple of guests uh, who will be on the show tonight who are from Jefferson County and who've been involved in starting alternative schools. Uh, and I think we want to talk to them a little bit about what's happened there. And uh, we will be open uh, later on for your phone calls and uh, for your comments and your feelings about this whole situation. Uh, I have, I think, on the line Arnie Langberg. Arnie, are, the, are you there? Hello, Arnie. Can I'm you hear me? With you. Hello. Hi, Arnie. How you doing? Okay, Jerry. How are you? Well, you know, I, I'm, I called you earlier today when I heard about this incredible tragedy because I was particularly interested in your take on on what's happened. Now, for those people who don't know who you are, I consider you one of the most important pioneers in the field of public alternative education, having started um, alterna public alternative schools as long as, uh, I don't know, 25 years ago, or is it more? Uh, let's see, 1970, the Great Neck Village School. Right. So it's almost 30 so, years now. Oh, my God, almost 30 years ago. And um, uh, and then you came out here and started the Jefferson uh, County Open School. The, the high school portion, Mountain Open High in 75. Mountain Open, And right. it's now part of a K-12 through school, yeah. Right. And uh, so this school, uh, where this uh, this uh, shooting and uh, the bombs and so on took place, how far away is that from the school that you uh, started? Well, it's all in the same school district, and we'd have a number of students at our school who would be in the Columbine neighborhood and so on. Uh, so the geographic distance is, is, uh, is maybe fairly large just because the county's large, but the, uh, the, we're in the same district and we're a lot of the same kids. So, uh, so I guess you could say the uh, the cultural distance and the, maybe the psychological distance is very small. And and would you have ever predicted that something like this could have happened in your area? Uh, how do you predict something like this? But you can, you know, not the uh, not the extent of it, but the uh, the possibility of, of of expressions of rage. Yeah, I, I mean that's been happening all over, and you know, some people have the illusion that it's only an inner city manifestation, but uh, but I think we know better than that. It's, uh, I mean, there's no words to describe it. It's the tragedy of it, but, but there are signs of these kinds of things going on throughout our society. I mean, in most cases, right, the last few years, we've been hearing about younger kids doing it, right? Right. And, uh, and, and now it's, it's older kids, and it's with automatic weapons, and it's a, it's a mass uh, destruction. Now... When you uh, started your public alternative schools, uh, what would you say was your main purpose in doing that? Well, it's not unrelated to some of today because uh, the students themselves would, would tell us that they felt anonymous in their big schools. They were just a number. And they wanted mm -hmm. to be in a place where they could be, the way they put it, where they could be me, uh, where at least they were given a chance to be known as a person rather than just as a number. And I think that the anonymity of big institutions contributes to some of the kinds of problems we had today, and that was a major motivation, I think, for most of the kids who came to us, who still now, come to those schools. I, I heard kids uh, interviewed uh, on television who said 
that uh, these kids were outcasts from the group and so on, you know, that they went around in trench coats and they, you know, uh, were clearly kind of uh, having some problems in that respect. Um, if in a, in a sm well, one of the things I would want point out is that the school that these kids were in was a school for, of something like, I heard, heard different figures, 1,800 to 2,000 students. And the schools, that, the public alternatives that you started, the programs, uh, how many students were in those schools? Well, when I was, when I was last with Open High, we had about 250 students. 250. Now, do you think in a school of 250 students that you would know more about what kids like this were up to and maybe have a different way of dealing with it? Of course, and, and when you say I would, you know, you would know, we, we were set up in such a way that every, <clears throat> excuse me, every student had an advocate on the staff. Every student had at least one member of the staff who knew him well, and every teacher or staff member had 15 to 20 kids that if, 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 if you came and uh, wanted to know something about, this, about a particular student, and we could do it in a way that was anonymous, I could pick a name at random, and we could go to that person's faculty member, advisor, and, and that person would not be anonymous. And that was uh -huh. a key part to the reason the school worked. It didn't mean we didn't have our, quote, outcasts. We, I mean, we had a, some pretty unusual kids at the school, but they were never without a connection. Now, did you have problems with the, anything like this kind of violence? Well, nothing's like this, but I mean, with serious violence in, in your school? Well, the, the last school that I worked with was an alternative school in Denver. Uh -huh. And that was, again, it was a small school. It had a lot of gang members, though, and they were from all over the city. And though we had occasional problems, as one would expect, from what the kids told me, we had fewer problems than some of the other large schools because it was their school. So even kids from two rival gangs, when they were in the school, had a common feeling that it was their school, in part because each of them was known to somebody. Uh, I'm, I'll just tell you a quick story. It was a good example of this. Go ahead. There was a fight. Uh, I'd heard, I was in the office in, in this last school in Denver. And somebody came in and said, there's a fight in the cafeteria. So I ran down there, and two kids were, were uh, you know, really flailing at each other, and I grabbed one, and one of the teachers grabbed the other. And the kid I grabbed was, was really out of control, screaming, yelling, arms and legs flailing. And I don't know what possessed me to say it, but I whispered in his ear, I said, Roger, who's holding you? And he said, Arnie, and as he said it, he relaxed a bit. Uh -huh. it, I couldn't have done that if I didn't know him, if we weren't right. in a situation like that. And I think that, that that was, for me, a really important lesson about the importance of, of nobody being a number, nobody being anonymous. Wow. That's an amazing story. Um, you know, it's interesting. When, when President uh, Clinton spoke today about this, he talked about, uh, spe uh, specifically said, he, uh, teaching kids to learn to, quote, resolve their conflicts with words and not weapons, unquote. And <clears throat> now one of the things that I've talked about with these incidents in the past, you know, in Jonesboro, in Paducah, in Springfield, Oregon, and so on, um, one of the things that I've talked about uh, is that in a lot of alternative schools, we have methods in place for kids to resolve conflicts with words. There are democratic processes in many of these that are in place so that nobody has a real reason to have to take it into their own hands and use violence. And I believe that this is one of the solutions of this kind of problem, but it, it would take an incredible overhaul of the public school system. And I think that you've been out there working, doing this for, as it is, 29 years now, 
trying to show people that this approach is one that can work. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think it has to start a lot earlier than high school also. Um, and, and I think that those methods are important, but again, it's, it, those are almost less important than the connections, than that, that every kid have a, an adult that he trusts that he can turn to. But if we began that earlier, really young, if we thought that our, our purpose of education wasn't merely to fill people with facts, with, with the know-how, but that in addition to know-how was to know why and know who they are, and that that was considered equally important, then it's less likely these kinds of things would occur. But that has to begin from the earliest years. And though we may say, and maybe it's correct, that it should be done in the home or it should be done in the church, and those are, are, are reasonable expectations, but not for everybody. And in fact, for increasing numbers of kids, neither the home nor the church is able to accomplish that. And if we are, as a school system, have the kids for as long as we do, we have to take a larger portion of that responsibility. Mm -hmm. Well, um, this, this is a... a very, very important stuff, I feel, uh, that you're saying, Arnie. And, um, I, and uh, I, I, if there are people who would like to call in and, and, uh, and make some comments on this or ask some specific questions, uh, they can call us at, uh, if they're in Los Angeles County, 818-353-1276. And uh, any place else in the country, they can call us at 800-336-2225. And you'll be hearing those numbers a little bit later. Uh, is... Uh, uh, is uh, who else is there with you, Ani? I think there's somebody else who's supposed to be on. Well, Dobby is here, and Robert, Robert's here. But both of them said that they'd rather not participate. Oh, okay. okay? I know. And I'm only going to stay on a little while longer too, because Robert is a guest that I want to spend some time with. But I did want to uh, respond, okay. and, and I want to say one more thing. Yeah. What's been What's really interesting to me, and is, is the is the uh, the whole uh, the role of the teacher in a lot of this. I think a lot of teachers would have every bit as much reason to be upset, frightened by this as the students uh, have. But I think that by and large, most teachers, given the support of the system, would be quite capable of helping kids if they started early enough and established the trial. I think most teachers would rather be uh, have the time to get to know their kids and be able to be helpful to them. And if we could somehow figure out a way to stop pressuring the teachers to just get higher and higher test scores and fragment their learning more and more and get them back to what they can do best, which is be a, an advocate for kids, I think teachers can really be an important part of the solution, but not with the expectations we keep laying on them right now. Right, right. They, they need some support, too, and they Absolutely. need some help in this process also. Okay, and, uh, you know, I, I think that you mentioned uh, Doggy is not going to come on the show, but I think she's directing a, a charter school, is that she's right? She's not a director of it. She's in charge of community liaison, which means getting people from the, from the community into the school and getting kids out into the community. And it's, it's another school that has some of the same attributes we've been talking about. Every kid has an advisor who knows him well. Uh, teachers are expected to be dealing with the whole kid and not just uh, with the right. cognitive portion. And it doesn't mean they don't have their problems, too, but they, the, the issue isn't what problems we have. The issue is how do we deal with them? And I think that's the, the, the difficulty. In the large impersonal schools, it's very difficult right. to deal with the problems. In the well, small um, school, that's part of our curriculum. One of the things that I, we're going to take a, ta a break, break pretty soon, Arnie, but, but one of the things I want to ask you after the break is if, how you think that these ideas can be applied or if they can be applied to those millions of kids. It doesn't help if you've just got one or two percent experiencing these things. How do we 
uh, uh, get everyone to experience that. And uh, so as I say, we're going to take a break. And um, if the people would like to call into the show uh, and ask any questions or make any comments about uh, what's happened in Littleton, Colorado here today, the number to call is, if you're in Los Angeles County, 818-353-1276. And if you're anyplace else in the country, that's 800-336-2225. Again, 818-353-1276. Uh, and 800-336-2225. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back, and we have uh, Mary calling from New York. Hello, Mary. Hey, Jerry. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, nice to have so, you back. Yeah, so you heard what Arnie had to say. I'm sorry? You heard about what Arnie was saying, huh? Um, I, I didn't hear much of it, no. Uh, he was talking about uh, what happened. Uh, what uh, I did hear here that he said that was so important is that a, a child needs to have an adult, an adult that they can turn to. And that was an important thing that I heard him say. Um, Jerry, I think we lost you again. Yeah, go ahead. You there? Yeah, I'm here. i got to cut up for a second. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, it was, I think it was very important that... Uh, they, that he said that a child needs an adult that they can turn to, someone they can trust. Right. And I right. Think that's and, and, uh, and, you know, the, the story, you know, the, the, he's breaking up a fight that he could say the person, you know, do you know my name, you know, and yes, he did. And, and, and all of a sudden, he could relax. And I don't know, these things are subtle and so on. And I, one, of the, one of the things that I was hoping Arnie would stay on for, he just couldn't longer in the show. Uh, was to talk about how to possibly apply these ideas to, uh, you know, to the whole country, to the millions of kids, something like 53 million kids in school. You know, is it possible uh, to do it? You know, uh, I don't know how many people I've talked to. In fact, some have called into the show and, and, and said, you know, I went to a one-room school and... You know, they don't talk about, oh, we didn't have big gyms. They talk about the relationships that they had and the fact that the older kids taught the younger kids and that they had responsibilities and that they were respected. And, and I don't know how many people have done so well. I, you know, somewhere we got this idea 30, 40, 50 years ago that it was better, bigger was better somehow, and if you could have a really big school, uh, that this was going to, uh, you know, make you could have better sports teams and a bigger gym and more facilities, and in the process, people didn't realize that they were, you know, losing contact with the individual student. And now, uh, Mary? and now the kids have no one to turn to. Yeah, and and uh, and the, and there's so much anger and furthermore, you a school system which is based on a concept that is just totally outmoded, that doesn't empower students, that doesn't really give them responsibility, that doesn't really give them respect. There may have been a time when that system was more functional and more useful when kids were, you know, back a hundred years ago, needing to learn how to work for factories and so on. Uh, but today, uh, certainly, where we have had some disintegration of families and so on, the school is more and more important that, that there were the relationships that should be positive. They don't research about kids that have, um, for example, become <clears throat> sub, uh, survivors in they wouldn't have done well. And usually there was at least one person, a teacher in school, a relative, somebody, that had connected with that person, made them feel important, made them feel that they could make it, you know. And uh, I think that um, maybe, you know, 
if schools were smaller and if they were set up differently, we might have less of these kind of problems. Well, you know, we have we have totally artificially stripped our schools of God, of any kind of God at all. You know, why can't the kids just bring in the God that they talk about at their home and, and talk about that? You know, we can still be an integrated society and acknowledge that there's a higher power. Uh, and, and people can maybe choose even not to believe that if they want to, but why do we have to artificially strip that away from our kids? We take that away from them, then we send their mothers off to work, and we leave them home with the violence on the television and nobody to guide them through it, and, uh, and then we have all the temptation all over the place. What do we expect to become of our kids? Terry? Uh, Mary, this is Tomas here, CRN Central. We just sort of lost uh, Jerry momentarily. Uh, looked like we got a little uh, connection problem. But um, uh, you're right. There is a problem with uh, basic spirituality and the lack of it uh, or examples of it in uh, the schools today. Yeah, and, you know, we, we leave our kids, and then, and then we leave them at home, and they have, you know, both parents working out of necessity or, you know, broken family or whatever, and, and then there's no one to turn to. And now our churches, even a lot of families that go to churches, it's more of a social event than a spiritual event. So we have our kids facing all this. But I wonder, has anyone looked at the research? Are these, have these shootings all been in public schools? Uh, the ones that we've heard about, you know, uh, the, uh, I think those were all public school. Jonesboro, Paducah. The five uh, major ones. Springfield, those were all in public schools that we know of, yeah. Because I know I hear them on TV and they're saying, well, they're looking for something in common, something these things have in common, and they're saying that they were all in rural areas. Well, the one in Littleton today is suburban, not rural. Definitely suburban, yeah. It's a community of about 35,000 people, I heard, yeah. So I think a, a, more, a more thing, a bigger thing they have in common is they're all public schools. Shouldn't that be something we take note of? Yeah, well, I, I would think so. Uh, if there are people uh, listening to this that would like to get in on this discussion, I'd like to know uh, what you're thinking. Uh, the number to call if you are in Los Angeles County is 818-353-1276. Again, that's 818-353-1276. And if you're anyplace else in the country, the number to call is 800-336-2225. That's 800-336-2225. As I said in the beginning of the show, I'm broadcasting this uh, live from Colorado, uh, right near where this all happened. It's just coincidental. I've, I've, I'm on my way to a, a conference out here of alternative schools that's going to take place uh, uh, about an hour away from, uh, from Denver. And so I just happened to be uh, in Denver here uh, doing, this, uh, doing the show from here, and this just dropped like uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, this, this happened. I had I, I we changed uh, the whole focus of what we were going to go to do the show on when we heard about this. And uh, luckily, as I said, we had uh, Arnie Langberg on uh, earlier, who uh, who has been starting alternative schools in this very county where this happened, and talked about the reason uh, for doing this and the reason why you know to, basically so that kids wouldn't feel anonymous and so that kids uh, would feel. That uh, that they were important and uh, they ha and they were being heard. Uh, I talked to my niece who was going to school out here uh, and uh, studying uh, pre-veterinary uh, medicine, and uh, she talked about uh, commented about the kind of music that was on the website, which is an expression of an awful lot of anger and and frustration. And 
I had an interesting experience, which I've mentioned to people before uh, on earlier shows, when I went to a, a rap concert with my cousin's uh, son. And um, it was one of the last things in the world I thought I would have done. But it was very instructive to me because it was a situation in which kids could express themselves and were being heard and could express their anger. And the uh, people on the stage were doing the same thing. And uh, it was a sort of a vehicle for this to happen. And uh, it was uh, very enlightening for me uh, to kind of see this uh, and to kind of understand this whole culture that's, uh, that's out there. And it's uh, a culture in which there isn't very much communication happening between generations. Uh, also, well, Jerry, uh, when uh, we uh, uh, had some technical difficulties, Mary also brought up the point of the lack of spirituality and lack of example uh, in the schools. And likewise, many of the churches are uh, not really enforcing that or what we used to say, inculcating the students today because uh, churches have become more social functions instead of spiritual or religious functions. Uh -huh, she uh -huh. mentioned that as we were trying to reconnect you. I thought I I'd throw that out. Yeah, right, no, thank you, thank you, uh, Tomas. Well, I, 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 I didn't hear that comment, and I think it's extremely important. And, and you know, when you talk about the spiritual, well, you know, we, we may all have different uh, ideas about what that means. But, for example, when I was in Russia, and, uh, and I just felt that people were so much more important there uh, to the people that I knew. They cared so much about uh, people. Uh, you know, they didn't have the, the distraction of the televisions and the computer games and all these other things. And <clears throat> to me, that was... Well, to me, that was a, a very, very interesting and important thing for me to learn, too. And in, even here in the United States now, some of my best friends here are people uh, who are come that I've met in that connection. Some of them have emigrated here, but have retained that feeling about people and that caring about people. And uh, it's something that I think has been sort of disappearing in a lot of places as people kind of get disconnected with their, with their roots and with their past and with the things that they have believed in. Yeah, you know, they get disconnected with their roots. Um, some families that are still going to church, maybe they're just doing it because that's the church their parents went to, and it's not something they've really selected for themselves, and maybe they're really not getting the spiritual support that they need. Um, you know, we all come to a point where we feel like we're at our wit's end, and we need someone to turn to. And sometimes it's so private that we really just, you know, if we, if we had a God that we believed in that we could turn to, that would be such a help. And you know, okay, uh, Mary, just, uh, we've got to take a break, and we'll be right back, and we really would welcome your calls. You'll hear the numbers during the break, and a uh, good time to call is right now. We'll be right back. Okay, this is Jerry Mintz, and the, uh, the show is The Education Revolution, and tonight we've been talking about this uh, tragedy that's happened right here where we're broadcasting from in the Denver, Colorado area in the suburban town of uh, Littleton. And uh, I just want to tell you that I came out here with a group of kids from a, an inner-city interracial school that is in Albany, New York. And these are kids, uh, that many of whom have no family money, uh, and this is a school that is kind of remarkable. 
And just to kind of contrast that with maybe some other uh, ideas of what schools could be, I want to just tell you a little bit about this. Uh, with this school, they, they, this is a private school that has no minimum tuition. And the tuition is very, very low even for, for most everyone else. And the reason uh, is because the people who founded the school bought up uh, inner city row houses uh, in Albany, New York, uh, for as little as $500. And then they all learned how to fix these houses up and, you know, straighten out the foundations and finish them off into nice apartments. And they rented out the apartments. And the money that they raise from the apartments is, uh, raises most of the money to keep the school going. And now, so the kids are coming to the school. As they say, it's an interracial school with, you know, uh, uh, a lot of low-income kids, and so when they wanted to go some, when they want to go on a trip somewhere, and I actually kind of originally told them how to do this, they they do fundraising of various sorts. They get sponsors, they they raise the money, they go to their community, they have raffles, they have uh, big dinners that they make for everybody coming in, and they raised about four thousand dollars, which was enough for uh, twelve of them, uh, teachers and students. Uh, to to take a train trip out and to pay for the conference that they're going to uh, this in these next few days out here uh, in Colorado and so that was the event uh, that you know that, that was uh, brought me out here and I hooked up with them I started in New York and met with met them uh, when we got to uh, to Albany and continued on with them we stopped in Chicago for a few hours and went out to uh, to the uh, to, to see the Sears Tower. And uh, continued on, and uh, got to uh, Colorado just this morning on the train. And it wasn't until this afternoon that we, as I say, we heard about this uh, thing. That, and uh, in fact, the ironic thing is that uh, one of the, uh, uh, the, well, most of this group right now is, is sleeping at one of those schools in Jefferson County right now. That the school, and this was arranged long before all of this. You know, anybody knew anything about this. And uh, so uh, I wish I could be in cut in touch with them. I'm in a different part of Denver right now, so I can't do that. But uh, um, this this is a, this is a kind of uh, in contrast to this. And these are kids that otherwise I don't know really what, what would have happened to them because uh, a lot of them. Uh, one of the kids, for example, that I talked to a lot on the train was a kid who had been on Ritalin and called a hyperactive kid and so on. And, and one of the things that they do when they when they go to the schools, they take them off all drugs, including those drugs. Uh, and this kid is doing fine, and he raised the money so he could come on this trip and was uh, happy as a, as a lark, you know, to be able to do it. Now, see, that's uh, a kid that has self-direction. You know, he, he's been given a challenge and said, here, you know, we, we're offering you this. You can do this. And he had something to work on, you know, something that he could control. Right, exactly. And, and that's the neat thing about this is that all the kids learn by a process like this is uh, – you can you can make these things happen. You can go on a nice long major trip halfway across the country to a, an event like this, even if you don't have any money. Be, and you can do it in a very positive way, in, in a way that even helps uh, connect you to your community. And I think when when kids have projects like that, they're working on, they don't have time to think about killing their classmates. Yeah. Well, you know, we have to talk about what causes this kind of anger to build up. And as I said, I think a lot of it comes from kids feeling like they're outcasts, like they're not part of a community, like they're not communicating. And in a smaller school, and, and this is one of the things that I talked to Arnie about in the beginning of this show, uh, in, a, in, a, in a smaller school, if there were kids doing this kind of thing, they're kind of saying something in the process of doing this. 
And I think that that needs to be heard, and I think that it needs to be discussed, and people have to say, you know, what's behind this? What are you feeling? Why do you feel this way? But and it doesn't happen in a big school of a couple of thousand in which kids are, tend to be, you know, even... Uh, well, you know, the thing that's amazing to me is that the kids were aware of this. The kids were aware of, of this situation, and apparently, uh, this is unsubstantiated, but apparently one kid even knew that these kids were building uh, weapons. Uh, and had reported it to the police, and uh, the police apparently hadn't uh, responded to it or, or taken it seriously. Now, see, that's it, not coming across on CNN. Yeah, we're not hearing that. Uh, well, well, this is, we heard this on the local news here. Yeah, and see, one of the things that we're hearing is that they targeted specific people, uh, not specific people, but specific groups. Categories. Yeah, I heard that they were. They were, uh, uh, minorities and jocks, we heard, you know, something right. like that. Right, right. You know, go ahead. You know, if, if, as parents, you know, we want to know when, we, when we're faced with something like this as parents, parents, we're scared to death because we see it's happening in these nice little communities, and we know, even if we want to be in denial about it, we know it can happen in our own town, wherever we live. And we're scared to death, and so we want to think, you know, what can we do? What can we do to prevent this from happening? We need something to do. We need something, you know, give us something that we can do. We'll feel a little better. And, you know, if, if you are a parent who is promoting, you know, racial tension, uh, you know, you may be doing it thinking it's just your little thing, but you've got to understand that your kids are learning this, and now they've got bigger weapons and toys than we ever did. And, you know, if you're a parent who hasn't worked that out in your mind, then, you know, for your kids' sake, you might want to start doing that and start, uh, you know, go back to those commercials that we heard in the early 60s. You know, be careful what you say to your little flowers because they're going to go out there and they're going to spread it and it's going to be big and ugly and violent and painful just like today. You know, one of the things I wonder about, and, and I don't have an answer to this myself at all, uh, you, you know, you look at the violence that is happening uh, on the other side of the world. And you look at our solution to the, the, the violence and the problems that we saw of the, the, this apparently this uh, attempt at ethnic cleansing and uh, perhaps genocide was to drop bombs on them. And you look at the computer games that the kids have and the response, you know, half of those games, two-thirds of them, uh, show violence as the, you know, the way to deal with the problems. And uh, somehow or other, we have to get off of that track. And I, you know, I just don't know what the best way is to do it. And, you know, we do need to look for commonalities. We need, we need to ask ourselves, why is this happening now in the 90s? And why, you know, why didn't it happen in the 80s and the 70s and the 60s like this? You know, in the 60s, when kids got mad at each other, they had a fist fight. Yeah. Now they're killing each other. And now they're just throwing, you know, first it was knives and then it was guns. You know, like in the 80s, it was knives, and in the 90s, it's guns and bombs. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I don't really have any answers to it. And, and again, I would like to re remind our listeners out there that uh, we'd like to hear from you. I know that you're probably all as stunned as we are and as people are here in Denver, and I'd be glad to an answer any questions uh, of anybody out there about what we've heard here, because it sounds like we've heard a few things here on local TV that people may not have heard on, on national TV. But uh, just uh, call into the show right now. This is live, and the, the number, if you're in Los Angeles County, to call is 818-353-1276. Uh, That's 818-353-1276. And if you're anyplace else in the country, the number to call is 800-336-2225. That's 800 uh, 
336-2225. We have about 20 minutes left of this show. And before I forget it, I want to do, do want to mention that we do have sponsors out there. And uh, uh, the number that you've heard in the advertisements uh, in, the, in the breaks uh, is our office number. And if anybody wants information on alternative schools, how to uh, find them, and uh, how to uh, start homeschooling, and Mary is our homeschooler, by the way. I don't think she's mentioned that yet. Not on uh, the call. in New York. But uh, if you're interested in, in uh, information on that, or you know, you can call our office number, and you can do it right now if you want. And that number is uh, 800-769-4171. Uh, one of our sponsors is the Laurel Springs Independent Study Program. And La Laurel Springs, uh, the thing that's kind of interesting about it uh, is that they, uh, they have an internet-based homeschool program so that kids can actually graduate from high school on this program. And if you're interested in, in getting involved in that, uh, the number to call is the same one I mentioned, 800-769-4171. And one other thing is that, uh, you know, I, I did mention, I mentioned earlier that uh, on earlier programs, we have a sponsor that's a computer manufacturer. And uh, he asked me not to say too much about, uh, about it tonight because he's been so over overwhelmed. He's gotten behind in fulfilling the orders. But he still is sending out the new computers for 800 and the used ones for $100. So, again, you can call our number if you want the information uh, on that and you want to get involved with that again the number is 800-769-4171 and we have Melissa calling from Rhode Island Melissa how you doing hi Melissa Hello. hi uh, where are you in Rhode Island oh East Providence East Providence mm -hmm. okay and so well uh, what's on your mind tonight Melissa? oh I was just hearing about the Colorado cases and I was wondering if there's anything we can do over here to help because I'm, I'm also in high school and I'm graduating yeah. And if, if something like this happened to my school, I, I would freak out. And I know these families are, like, in pain and these children are in pain. And I want, like, I want to find something to, like, like to help them. Well, you know, they're flashing a number on right now that's the Jefferson County Mental Health, the trauma number. And I'm just going to give you that number because maybe there's some way you can talk to somebody, you know. Uh, the the uh, the number is uh, 303-425-0300. I'm just looking on the TV as they're uh, they're doing this. Uh, you get that? Did you get that number down? Yep. And you know maybe they can give you some way that you can help or give somebody moral support or something like that. Have you ever had anything like that happen at your school or anything remotely like that, De Melissa? No, no. But I, like I hear it all the time, and it's just it's very disturbing because I I wanted to stop. And and how big is your school? Oh, like 1,500 kids. 1,500. Mm -hmm. And it's a public school? Yep. Uh-huh. And what ki have, you, have you had any kind of violence in your school, you know, any kind of assaults or fights no, and things like that? Nothing. What? Nothing like that. Nothing at all. So th this never happens in your school? No. If there are problems between kids, do you have a method of working them out? Do you, is there a, a mediation team or anything like that in your school? No. I, I, don't, I have no idea. I don't think so because nothing at all like this ever happened because our school is very like culturally and racially diverse uh-huh and so we pretty much get along really easily wow that's great and what would you say the kind of income background is for the people in your school well again very diverse yeah it is because um i'm not all that rich and there's really rich kids in our school too and people seem to be getting, what do you think the secret is? What happens in your school that seems to make this happen? So, you know, when you talk about uh, um, 
uh, outcasts like these kids uh, seem to be. Uh, you, there are no kids like that that you feel are outcasts in your school? Outcasts? Um, yeah. Like, the only outcast that I would say would be like the gothic kids, but they make themselves outcasts. They like always wear black and they're, uh -huh. they don't like talking to people. Okay, listen, I want to talk to you more about that. We've got to take a break, but stay on the line, okay, because I think that's a very interesting point. Uh, we've got to take a break, and we'll be right back after this. What do you mean by the gothic kids in your school? Because um, I think this is very key. Oh, well, there's, there's, like, there's, like, different people. There's, like, the alternative people. There's the rockheads, the preppies, that's what we call them. The yeah. people who like hip hop and rap, and then there's the gothic kids, and they basically they like wear black black clothing and black hair. They dye their hairs. They have a lot of like accessories on their face, and they're very to themselves. And uh -huh. those are the like the most unsocial people. But that's that's pretty much it about them. And you feel like they ostracize themselves? Yeah, they like. I have one friend that's a gothic person. Yeah. And, like I had to approach him, cause I just went up to him. I was like just talking in the hallways and he just stopped and I was like oh hi you know being nice and all and he started talking to me but he's very distant he like doesn't like hanging around me he likes hanging yeah. around his other friends but he's became a friend of yours or what huh yeah he's Did somewhat he... my friend right now uh-huh so in other words maybe he just needed someone to reach out to him a little bit yeah like but <laughs> the thing is he doesn't talk to me much like whenever his friends come come around he he doesn't like like letting them know that I'm his friend. If you, if you had to feel like which group of all those you mentioned would mo be most likely to, to, to do something to turn to violence like this, do you think that would be the group? Well, it, it depends on the person, but it's, it's usually the more secluded people, like the more quiet to themselves and like the more you try to open up to them, the more they close up. It's uh -huh. usually that side of the, like it's usually the gothic people who do that to me. So like I, I, I really wouldn't be like the perfect person to ask this, but you know, if that happened in my school, it'd definitely be like some of them, maybe. Uh-huh. Okay, well, well, that, you know, this is interesting. Um, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put someone on for a minute just to talk to you because uh, my niece is a, a sort of could fit that description. And she's, she's right here. And um, I'm going to put her on just to see what comment she might like to make about this. She, by the way, she's in pre-veterinary medicine school here in, in, uh, in the Denver area. Hold on a second. Uh, hi. Hello. Okay, well, I'm not really sure what Jerry wants me to say, but uh, I don't know. I think that, that you're right, at least partially. I mean, a lot of people who, I guess, most people who consider themselves gothic are, are kind of dark and secluded for their own, because they want to be. But a lot of people, uh, other people will look at and be like, oh, well, that person is, is gothic. I mean, my hair is dyed black, you know, comes down to my waist. Everything that I own is black. And, yeah, you know, I'm a dark person a lot of the time, and I'm secluded a lot of the time. But but I don't know. I mean, I think also a lot of people um, look at people who, who look like that and think that they want to be secluded when they don't always. And... I mean, I don't know. I think that uh, that some of them. I mean, like I have, I have a pretty decent amount of of friends and social things, but sometimes it's just uh, sometimes they actually would rather be alone when they're not left alone, and that that's part of the problem. Uh, you have any comment about that, Melissa? 
Um, well, like, the more I try to open up to people like that is, like, the more they try to push me away. So, I, like, probably just in my community right now because, you know, you can't just, like, say this person's in this category because everyone's always different. And so, like... Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think almost nobody fits into a category exactly. and people who want to be categorized just have a problem. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine that anybody would want to fit into a specific category, be called a specific thing, whether it's a prep, a jock, a goth, whatever. That, that I just can't imagine somebody wanting to be that. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't everybody want to be themselves? Yeah. Whatever it is that they are. Yeah. Like, I honestly, I, I don't find myself fitting in any of those categories because I like every type of music, and I hang with any type of person. But there there are these specific people who just always click together. And that's that's how they get the group name. Right. Well, yeah, but I think that, that the people who want to be called that or who want to be in a clique or a group or be called a certain thing, whatever it is they think they are, whatever kind of person they think they are, they're, they're really nothing but um, a wannabe. <laughs> I mean, they're nothing. They just want to be like their friends. Well, anyway, I need to give you back to Jerry now. Here you go. Okay, well, thanks a lot, Jennifer. I, I just thought it would be interesting because I was having this discussing, discussion earlier uh, with with uh, Jennifer about the music that these kids posted on their website, and, 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 you know, it seemed to reflect a certain kind of attitude, you see. Well, uh, thanks a lot for calling, Melissa. Okay. And it's been nice talking to you. And uh, I don't know if any, is anybody waiting, uh, uh, Tomas? Yes, Carla. Hi. Okay, we have Carla. Carla, where are you calling from? Johnson, Rhode Island. Okay, and what's on your mind today? Well, I just wanted to... Um, can you speak up a little bit? Yeah, uh, can you hear me okay? Let me yeah, go ahead. Let me uh, mute my TV so that I can... Go ahead. Um, I just wanted to um, say that we. I think we need to go back to basics. I think that uh, taking prayer out of school, uh, taking, uh, what is it, off the walls in the courthouses and all this other is just denoting who puts this whole ordeal together to begin with. What do you mean by basics? I mean basics like K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid, you know, I'm, I'm not... Yeah, keep it simple, stupid, but what do you mean by that in terms of, are you talking about school, home, or what? All of it. I mean, we just have to get back to God, period. I mean, yeah. where did it all start? You think about it. You know, this but what does that mean, getting back to God? What does that have to do? How does that mean you treat people? How does it mean kids are treated? If we all get back into God in this country, then what is God all about? God's love. God is love. That's what the Bible clearly states. I mean, you know, I read the Bible. I, I consider myself a, a Christian, but I'm not, you know, I don't go to church all the time, and I'm not perfect, and no one in this world is, but I see that, you know, if we go back to the simplicity of things, we won't be so pressured by who can outbuy their the other neighbor's kids or who can outbuy, you know, uh, what the best is on the market. I think that um, I think that everybody's rushing to get nowhere. We're all born into this world with nothing, and we're all going to die and take nothing out. What, what, what are we what are we fighting for? Jeal over jealousy, over greed? I mean, 
you know. See, the, but the problem, I want to just say that the problem, I think, for, uh, for a lot of kids uh, is that they feel that the traditional religious approaches um, have very little meaning to them, doesn't speak to them at all, and they are becoming alienated from this process. One of the things that struck me when I went to this rap concert was it looked to me like nothing more that, or less than a real almost religious ceremony. Uh, there was responsive reading in a sense. Every kid knew every one of those rap uh, lyrics and they would scream them out with their arms waving and, uh, and so on. And sometimes it was profanity, but it was sort of like giving them permission to express their anger and their feelings by doing that. And I don't think there was one parent there, you know, and I think that they don't understand that this is... It's, it's one way that there's some kind of expression going on. And I don't know that just the traditional religions are going to make it for a lot of kids out there. Oh, believe me, I don't think the traditional religions are going to do it because they, they haven't been tutored. They haven't been raised up. Uh, like, now I'm in my 40s, and, and we were raised up to go to church every week, you know. And so we've got some basics under our belt. But the kids yeah. today... You know, then they don't. They don't have it. The parents are so precious to just make ends meet. And, Another caller on hold. Oh, okay. Um, okay, Carla, we got a, one other caller. We're going to try to squeeze him in now and, uh, <laughs> uh, because we only have a few minutes left. Thanks for calling, okay? Yeah, okay, great. Okay, <laughs> call again next week, too. And uh, who have we got on hold? I didn't catch your name. Hi, What's your Cheryl first name? from Central Falls. What's your first name? Cheryl from Central Falls. Central Falls where? <laughs> uh, Rhode Island. Okay, everyone from Rhode Island today. Okay, yeah. go ahead, Cheryl. We're enjoying the show. Great. Go ahead. Hi, um, Jerry. Thanks yeah. for speaking with me. Um, I just basically wanted to reiterate what Carla from Johnston was saying. Yeah. She's talking um, uh, some truth, truth here about our children. And one of the things that I do remember growing up in the 60s and 70s is that we had... Uh, we had some foundation that I don't feel that kids are really getting in schools these days. Yeah. And um, I what kind of foundations? Well, I think one of the foundations is that we were we had a lot of pride about who we were and our country and about God yes. and our heritage. And go ahead, I don't go ahead, Mary. A, go ahead. I don't think that's instilled in kids in their homes or either in the uh, educational institutions. Right. I think that God is a very important foundation um, because this country was founded on the principles of God. And I think since we've taken these things out of our educational institution that it really has impacted our children. And Mar Mary, hold on a second. Uh, Mary had a comment to make. Well, I was okay. just saying yes, because we've artificially stripped God. And it's not like, it's not like they're even allowed to just come in and, and talk about God a as they will individually. Mm -hmm. well, how, would you, how would you approach these kids uh, that mm -hmm. you, from what you've heard about them right. uh, if, with, with, with your message? What mm -hmm. would you say that well, would get well, through I to think, them? I think, first of all, it's not about tradition when we're talking about God. And it's really not about religion. Right. Um, I don't think that God is religious like man is. I think a lot of things are, are in the church now are, is very dogmatic. And we're talking, yes, God is, uh, he expresses himself, and he would expect us to express ourselves to him. I, I, just, I, just, don't, I just don't know if you're going to get through well, to I the kids. Well, I think there are certain with, ways. We have to, we have to uh, change the way, we, the way we are interacting with children in the schools, and we have to understand that times change and that they're not going to want to uh, adapt to the way that we believe 
in the way things, the way we dress, and the way we act, and and the things that we do. And also right. that, that that's going to teach us. us huh? It's going to teach us that anger is our enemy. Ang- it's okay to be angry, though. Right. It's, Ang- it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's okay. okay it's to what be- you do with your anger. Yeah, but, you know, anger is the thing that's going to eat us alive. You know, we can find some other thing to do with our anger. Well, it sounds, it sounds like today maybe that, that's what happened uh, in this tragedy here. Well, listen, we're, we've I'm only got 30 seconds sure left. That. I want to thank you for calling in, Cheryl. Thank you. And Mary, thank you for calling and being with us. And thank Arnie Langberg, who was in earlier. Uh, and if anybody has anything more that they want to follow up on, if they would like to, they can call our 800 number at 800-769-4171. If you want information on alternative education, homeschooling, uh, and uh, any of that stuff. And we'll see you next week on the Education Revolution. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Teacher, leave those kids alone. This is Jerry Mintz, and the show is The Education Revolution. And, uh, well, as you heard last week, uh, we just happened to arrive uh, in Colorado, in Denver, uh, the same day that this incredible tragedy happened. And so we were kind of thrust right in the middle of this situation. I'll tell you just how uh, in, a, in a few minutes. Well, you know, I was on my way out there with a group of students from the uh, preschool in Albany, which is an alternative school, a very interesting school in Albany, New York, and I'll tell you more about that later, too. And, uh, and so it's just it's co- coincidental. I, you know, I've got, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We want to hear your opinions. I would like to hear from students out there, see what you think. And, uh, and you know, we, we actually we still have our trivia questions from a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to just throw those out if you want to break the ice that way by uh, trying to respond to the uh, trivia questions. Um, the um, first one that uh, nobody's gotten yet is, uh, what is the number one vegetable crop in the world? And uh, we've had various guesses that seem pretty good, you know, tomato, corn, soy. Anyway, the, the uh, question is, what is the number one vegetable crop in the world? The second one was, uh, what is the largest charity in the U.S.? And we've had some nice guesses, like uh, Father Flanagan's and... Uh, Kansas Society and so on, those weren't the answer. The largest private charity in the U.S. And the third one was, the what is the most common name given to girls born t- these days, today? Anyway, um, so those are the questions. If you want to give us a call, the number to call is, uh, if you are in Los Angeles County, 818-353-1276. That's uh, 818-353-1276. And if you're anyplace else in the country, the number is 800-336-2225. That's 800-336-2225. Well, I just got off the train coming back from Colorado uh, to New York uh, just a few hours ago. And uh, so that was, uh, it was, I just can't even begin to tell you what an incredible experience this was. I'm going to start a little bit. Uh, the. The conference we are going to is, a, is an organization of alternative schools and homeschoolers. And they've been meeting for uh, over 20 years, um, about 23 years now, I think. And these uh, people are just amazing and heroic. They usually get paid actually a lot less uh, very often to, uh, to uh, teach at these schools or even to direct them. But they really believe very, very strongly in this 
approach to education and the idea of having small schools with individual attention, empowering students, holding them responsible for the things that they do, letting them take responsibility for their own education. And uh, this is the National Coalition of Alternative Community Schools. And uh, the so this was their conference. And uh, in order to now one of the things that's unusual about this particular conference is that there are uh, more students than than uh, than teachers uh, that go to this conference. And I, I haven't seen any other conference like that in the United States. Uh, there, well, maybe some homeschool conferences, but even then, I'm not really sure that that's the case. And this, uh, this was really, well, it's just an amazing group of people. And I'm going to give you an example of uh, what I mean, about what I mean. For ex this group that I traveled with, uh, they are from uh, Albany, New York. And they are in a school that was started by a woman uh, over 20, 25 years ago for her own children, really. Uh, but there's no such thing as homeschooling at that point, so she started a school. And what she did is she bought an old Catholic school building in inner city Albany uh, for very little money. It was kind of a degenerating community. And they, then they started buying up buildings all around it at auction for as little as $500. They all learned how to rehabilitate the buildings, fix them up, do the structural work necessary, and so on. Uh, in some cases, they gave the staff apartments uh, in those buildings, you know, because they couldn't afford to pay them very much. In other cases, they rented them out, uh, and the, basically the contributions from people living in those buildings has supported this school. So this is an inner-city, interracial school with basically no minimum tuition, very inexpensive. Anybody can afford to go. But the students don't have that much money, and so they wanted to go to this conference. And actually, this is something that I helped them learn how to do several years ago, they've been doing it ever since, is how to get local, their local community involved by getting individual students sponsored and by having dinners and various other kinds of fundraising events, plays and so on. And those kids raised about $4,000. Now these were kids ranging in age from about, uh, I'd say, 11 to 13 or 14. And these kids raised $4,000 so that they could go on the train out to this conference uh, in Colorado. And they're still traveling. They haven't made it back yet. There'll be a couple more days, I guess. I think right now they're probably in Chicago. So we took uh, the, the train out there. I started in, in you know, New, York, New York City and met up with them in Albany. And we continued on out. We had no idea. Of course, it was actually, we got on the train. This was before this uh, uh, Littleton uh, tragedy had happened. And we got out there and uh, split up at that point. I went to see my niece. So those of you who were listening to the show last week heard um, her on the show, and I'll tell you a little bit about what she had to say last week. And um, be interesting again to see what students think about this. There was a caller last week, a student who talked about the cliques in school and and uh, how that was in different schools, and that there were kids like you know dressed in black and with dyeing their hair black and so on in their schools and. You know, they seem kind of alienated and uh, not part of everyone else and so on. And uh, at that point, uh, Jennifer came on um, and just happens that she likes to dress in black and has her hair dyed black and all that stuff. But she is, uh, and she went to an alternative school, uh, a public alternative, and she graduated from there and she is now taking pre-veterinary medicine uh, out in uh, Denver uh, at the Bell Ray Institute. 
and she's been getting uh, she's been having a perfect 4.0 average for quite a while, quite a while now and uh, she she <laughs> it was fun we went down to the zoo that day she went, I went down to the zoo with her and every time we came to some amazing animal uh, the largest rodent in the world for example uh, maybe we'll do that as a tri trivia question I wrote it down <laughs> someplace uh, and she would sit there and she would just tell us all these things about these animals and a little crowd would do, develop or I would kind of stand around and listening to what she was saying as if she was a tour guide because she knew so much and it was just kind of uh, fun to do that and it was uh, nice going around the Denver Zoo. It wasn't until afterwards when we got out of the zoo that we listened to the news and we heard uh, about these two uh, gunmen, two students in Columbine High School and you know what they had done and uh, we were just stunned and one of the things that concerned me was that this group, uh, the free school kids, were scheduled to stay overnight in one of the schools, in an alternative school, in the Denver area uh, that actually was going to participate in this conference. They were going to sleep in the school in Jefferson County, right where Columbine High School is. And I didn't. I tried to get in touch with them, but there was a, just an answering machine when I called, and so I hoped that everything was going to be okay. Uh, their, uh, you know, the staff from the school were with them, uh, and it turned out that uh, that it was okay. But the people were <laughs> really freaked out about the whole thing, and they were very, very tight on the security. They checked the whole school and everything, and. Uh, uh, they they had a situation there where once the kids went in, they could not go out. Nobody could go in. All the doors were going to be locked, and uh, they could stay there overnight. And then they picked them up first thing in the morning, brought them up to Evergreen where we had the conference. But uh, it's just amazing that we just, as I said, walked right into this situation in, in Jefferson County. So this was uh, it was just uh, and I, there's other there's so many other things I have to tell you about this. Well, you know we. Eventually, I, I went up uh, to, we did the show last week, which you heard, and uh, uh, talked uh, with Arnie Langberg, who is the founder of uh, the Jefferson County uh, Open School, uh, used to be called Mountain Open, uh, in the Denver area. And he talked about the, the, the fact that he felt that the problem was that in these big schools, it was possible for kids to just be anonymous, to not be known and they could have a lot of problems and so on and people just wouldn't be aware of it. Uh, he started a school that was, had 250 kids which is a whole lot different from a school of almost 2,000. And uh, in New York City, you know, they're taking some of these big public schools and breaking them up into smaller mini schools within the same building. There's a woman by the name of, of um, uh, Debbie Meyer who started a lot of small alternative schools in New York City and uh, she said, you know, you wouldn't expect to have just one business or one company in the World Trade Center. Why should you have just one school in a big building? And so they've taken uh, some of the bigger schools in, in New York and broken them up into a whole lot of mini schools. Uh, one of the feelings that we have about this is just the smallness. You know, if you have a school of 250 kids, you're likely to know if you've got a, a few kids there that seem to have some problems, and you're likely to find people who can communicate with them, and, and I just think that uh, this kind of, it's one of the reasons why we feel like it's not likely that this kind of thing uh, could happen. Um, well, later in the show, I'm going to read you a statement that was uh, that was uh, talked about and drawn up, and part of which was passed uh, by the 
uh, coalition, um, and oh man, it's just a, it's just a, I, I've been reading the, the Denver uh, papers, you know, because I was right there in Denver. Every, almost every single article is is about the situation, and I've got a bunch of them here. Uh, one of the things that was interesting is they talked about the number of gun-related deaths in the United States compared to other countries. Uh, and if you want to just hear one startling statistic, um, in Japan, uh, there were about 93 deaths in the whole country uh, from uh, gun-related uh, deaths. In the United States, the number was 31,000. And, the, you know, and there was more in the United States, five times more in the United States than the next, you know, four or five countries on the list. Something that we have to look at and something we have to deal with. Well, uh, some other stuff I want to talk about later on is uh, Joseph Chilton Pierce, who uh, I hope to have him on this show sometime. He was one of the spe speakers uh, there. And he has done an awful lot of research on, uh, what, uh, on this kind of thing. And he, he talked about how, for example, with television, it's such a passive medium that you just need to have things happen to break your, you know, to kind of bring you back, to kind of surprise you, to shock you. Otherwise, you just become so passive, you hardly, you just kind of tune the whole thing out. And this is why there's more and more and more violence uh, on television, maybe also um, in the movies, but there are two different kinds of mediums. And he talked about that too, but uh, so in fact, someone made, there mentioned that they were going to do some kind of a contract to do a children's show, but that they were required to do something like 18 acts of violence in an hour to keep people's attention, or various acceptable violence, of course, on the children's show. Uh, you know, the kids, you know, like the cartoons, do the different various things and so on. You know, smacking each other, doing it, and he refused to do it, so he never did uh, do the show. Well, anyway, um, so I'd like to know uh, what you think about all this, what your opinions are. I'm going to tell you some other stories later in the show, but we, we really want to hear from you tonight, you out there who are probably just as shocked as we were right in the middle of it, and maybe we can tell you a little bit more. Uh, and, uh, and again, we've got the trivia questions uh, with prizes, so if you want to call in and uh, respond to one of the trivia questions, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. That way, too. I'm going to repeat the trivia questions, then I'm going to repeat the numbers. Uh, the first question is, what is the number one vegetable crop in the world? And no one's gotten that for two or three weeks. And it's really, when you hear it, you'll, you'll believe it. And vegetable in the broadest sense, that is. And what is the largest uh, charity in the United States? This is private charities. And the third question is, what is the most common name given to girls? in the United States now. And again, now here's the number to call if you have any comments about any of this or if you want to try to guess the trivia questions for prizes. The number to call is, uh, if you're in Los Angeles County, 818-353-1276. That's 818-353-1276. And if you're anyplace else in the country, the number to call is 800-336-2225. That's 800-336-2225. And we're going to take a quick break, and now's a good time to call. We'd like to hear from you. Bye-bye.
Okay, we're back. <laughs> this is Jerry Minson. Shows the education revolution. Um, well, uh, as I said, we really would like to hear what your opinions are about this. I'm going to read you. Um, well, we, I got I to give you a little bit more background on on what was going on there. So, uh, as I said, we were we had a conference. There were maybe 200 people there. Oh, over half of them students. It was one of the things that was a little bizarre for us is that. Um, I had a rental car and it was so warm out there when we were driving around that we had the air conditioner on and drove up into the mountains to the uh, 8,000 foot level and then uh, we said, well, we heard that there was, a, it was supposed to get a foot of snow and we just couldn't believe it. It seemed impossible. Well, it did. We got about a foot and a half of snow and uh, this, it snowed uh, through the whole middle part of the, the conference. Uh, it was, uh, was kind of neat in a way because uh, they did some, the kids were able to do some tubing and build forts and to build uh, little snowmen and sculptures and things like that, so that was nice. Uh, we had people there from uh, all over the country, in fact outside the country, there was a, a group of Japanese kids there, there, were, uh, there was a Russian student there, there was, uh, there was uh, a guy from, from uh, Spain, and it, it was kind of neat from my point of view to meet some of these people like the family from Spain because the way that it started is I got email from uh, our website from this uh, man who wanted to start an alternative school uh, in Barcelona where he was from and it's difficult to do that in Spain so he wanted to come to the United States and visit some alternative schools and get a sense of how they ran so he wrote to me and asked me where, uh, where, he, could did, where he could do this uh, and I gave him uh, some some good suggestions, and he turned out he came to the United States and visited one of the schools I suggested, and is now working at another one, and that's a school in California. And the group came from California, parents and teachers and students made their way across from California, and he came with them uh, with his uh, baby and four-year-old and his wife. And uh, after another year or so, he intends to go back and try to start his school in Spain. So it was interesting to, to, meet, to meet them. And another, another situation, I just happened to be uh, sitting down to, to lunch with this uh, young man who I'd seen doing kind of break dancing the night before and he's also a very good pianist and he's one of the, uh, from, of, a, of a member of a school that was in Pennsylvania that came. And then I discovered that he was at that school because his mother had sent me email and I had recommended to her and and she'd sent him there. I just by coincidence, I heard these things. So that was kind of neat to, to see that this is the kind of thing that, that we like to do. Um, when I say we, I'm talking about our organization. We have a, a nonprofit organization, which is uh, called the Alternative Education Resource Organization. And uh, we help people who, who are looking for uh, homeschooling or alternative schools for their kids. And uh, this is, this is, uh, we, we're, we, see the big problem that we're looking at is we know these little schools work, we know that homeschooling is working for kids, but that's only a small percentage of the people out there. And I'll be honest with you, the main reason why we're doing this show, and we have another one on the Talk America Network too, the reason why we're doing these two shows is, is it's a way for us to get the word out to people, to let them know that there are alternatives, that uh, these are options for them, that, that they're not trapped in their school situation if things aren't working out for them. 
And that's this is this is why we do this. And uh, we get calls every day. Uh, we have an 800 number, and and uh, people call us every day to uh, you know to to try to uh, to get some this kind of help. And we we try to help everybody who calls. Um, and if you, in fact, I'll give you the number now. If you would like to call us at some point, uh, we'll tell we'll give you information on how to start homeschooling and uh, how to find alternative schools near you. I suppose you know by now that I put together a. A directory, a book of all of the alternative schools in the country, over 6,000 of them that we were able to gather, including homeschool groups and other resources. And it's called the Almanac of Education Choices. And we sell that book for $23. You can buy it from us by credit card if you want and send it right out to you. Uh, and uh, basically with the products that we have here, we just sort of break even on these things. We have videos of homeschool resource centers that we've made and so on. And uh, we have another book, for example, that, that helps people who are looking for distance learning and want to do their college. It's called Campus Free College Degrees. It's another one that we sell. And we have another one that's just for people who want to start homeschooling. And we have a magazine, which you've probably heard about, which is uh, uh, named, has the same name as the radio show, The Education Revolution. And that's for people who want to know the latest things that are going on in alternative education. And so these are the, these are the kinds of things that we that we provide and if you I'll give you our 800 number and uh, you know right now you'll just get a uh, a message and you don't have to worry if there's a whole lot of people call at once because we have a system that takes a lot of messages to to clog up the whole mailbox so you'll be able to get through uh, the number to call is uh, 800-769-4171 and uh, I'll give you that number again in a minute and for example, if you're interested, now we do have a sponsor uh, that is, uh, that, and you can call us at the same number if you're interested in knowing about the Laurel Springs Independent Study Program. Uh, this is for people who would like to study on the internet. We're, we're pretty picky about our sponsors, which is one of the reasons why we don't have too many of them. Uh, and uh, we lose money, actually, on, on our shows. Uh, we are interested in having more sponsors, but they really have to be things that we believe in that will that will help people uh, in their choices in education. We, for example, look very carefully at sponsors who want to talk about curriculum. We want to make sure that what they offer works. But as I said, one of the sponsors, the Laurel Springs Independent Study Program, uh, is an accredited program, and they are they do individualized work and uh, you can actually graduate, they're fully accredited, and you can actually get a regular diploma from this uh, through distance learning using your computer at home. Uh, and uh, as you've heard before, another one of our sponsors has very inexpensive uh, used computers in, p in case people don't have computers to get started with. And uh, so if you're interested in information on those things, uh, the number to call is, again, this is our office number here and we'll get back to you either after the show or during the week if you just leave your phone number please do leave your area code too so it's very sad when people call us and they forget to get to to leave their area code but remember we're a national show here anyway the number to call is 800-769-4171 that's 800-769-4171 and uh I'll tell you something else that happened uh, that was just, well, you can understand this, I guess. After the conference, uh, a number of us went down to the, to the, to the station, to the train station uh, in Denver. 
and one of the kids uh, from one of the schools, uh, his choice of uh, attire is he has a long black trench coat, dark glasses and dark clothes. And it was freaking people out there. They, they were very upset. I said, I think this is understandable, but, you know, uh, they, they, they were t telling security they wanted him searched and so on. And uh, I guess they talked to uh, the director of that particular group and the security refused to, uh, to search him. And uh, he got on the train uh, without any further incident. But, you know, there's just so much fear when something like this happens. But I believe very strongly that it just can't happen just cannot happen if you are if you have a small school that uses processes to make sure that every student is heard that students are empowered that students can take responsibility for their education that students are not afraid to talk to adults that adults will listen to them and this I think represents the schools that we um, uh, that we had there. I'm going to just read you a little statement, part of a statement. This was a statement that we came up with just in one small group that where we discussed some of this, but I, I see if I can read it because it's not written out completely. We feel it's ironic that just a few miles from where we had scheduled our annual conference, a terrible tragedy took place, the worst in a series of similar school tragedies. Uh, the small size um, and um, cooperative relationships in our schools and programs tend to preclude such tragedies. So this was part of a statement, but basically uh, we had a whole other thing which I'll talk about later on about the idea of standards. And I think it's related to this, the whole standardization process, which, which we basically oppose. We, we like individualization for people and for schools too. And we think this is, this is the way it ought to be. Well, anyway, I've done enough talking here. I guess you've heard some of my, uh, my opinions about all this, and, and I, it's, I'm just sort of decompressing after having experienced this intense situation over the last few days out there in the Denver area in Colorado and at this conference. Uh, we would like to hear from you and like to uh, know what you think about all this, whether you agree or disagree with what I've, what I've said or what your opinions are. I'd like to hear from students out there particularly, but I'd like to hear from anybody. And uh, the number to call is 818-353-1276. Uh, That's uh, if you're in Los Angeles County. Again, 818-353-1276. And if you're anyplace else in the country, the number to call is 800-336-2225. That's 800-336-2225. Uh, we... Uh, you know, the, this guy, um, Joseph Chilton Pierce, I don't know if people have heard of, of his books, but uh, one of the things that he was talking about, and he referred me to a particular book called The Hidden Power of the Heart, and just, you know, it's so much we just don't understand, but the fact is that, and this is part of it, I, I, they discovered that 65% of, of the heart is, uh, consists of neurons, just like you have in your brain. And it turns out that there's a sort of a brain in your heart that has a lot to do with how your organs are balanced and so on, and this sort of communication between that and and your uh, and your brain. And the th I asked him, I said, well, then what happens in the case of, of, of a heart transplants? And he says, you know, they discovered that in, very, in many cases that the person will start to take on the parts of the personality of the person whose heart they received. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty wild. Um, 
I don't know, this, I, I, this article's in here, The Hidden Power of the Heart. I, you know, this may sound hokey. I, I have a scientific background, so I just want to study these things and find out what, what there is to them. He talked about how, uh, you know, television just tends to, uh, you know, to, to deaden a lot of the natural responses, uh, learning responses uh, in kids. And I, I know that there are a lot of homeschoolers out there and, and people involved with the Waldorf method and so on that, that won't even have TVs in their house uh, or limit it very much. Well, anyway, so um, we're going to take another break and this is a good time to give us a call. Uh, nobody has uh, guessed the answers for the trivia questions yet and I'm going to throw those out again. Uh, first one is, what is the number? We'll give you a prize. We'll give you a copy of one of our books or the subscription to the Education Revolution. And uh, the next question was, what is the largest charity in the U.S.? And the third one, what is the most common name given to girls? we got prizes for anyone who gets them. The number is 818-353-1276. And uh, if you're anyplace else in the country, 800-336-2225. So do give us a call. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. So uh, we'd like to hear from you. Okay, this is Jerry Mintz, and the show is The Education Revolution, and we have Angela calling in from Tahanga. Hi, Angela. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Uh, what's on your mind tonight, Angela? I was wondering, is, it, is the Muscle food, is that carrots? Uh, nope. <laughs> That's not it. And this is in the whole world, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, the number one crop in the whole world. Uh, Angela, are you a student? Yes. Uh -huh. And what, where, at what level? Well, actually, I'm going to college. But I, was, uh -huh. I have a question. Um, sure. Where do they have, like, military schools for kids? What's the question? When or? Where. Where. Well, they have military schools around the country. Uh, there are a lot of them in the east, I know, and uh, some pretty famous ones. Uh, do you think that would be a solution to this problem? No. Well, kind of, yeah. Uh, personally, I'm not very happy with the idea of military schools. I think it's okay for people who, if, where, where it works for them, but I would rather see, instead of external authority being imposed on kids, I'd rather see them learn how to take responsibility themselves, you see, for, for what they do. That's true. Uh, what are you studying in school, Angela? Forensics. Forensics. Yeah. And and what would you what what would kind of, what would that lead to? What would you what kind of work would you do? Um, police. I would. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I've gotten a few calls from people who are going into that field. That uh, uh, how'd you happen to get interested in that? Because I already work for the department. Oh, I see. I see. So this is sort of to get a degree in what you're already doing, so to speak. Correct. Oh, I see. I see. So uh, I suppose you heard all about what happened out there in Colorado. Yes. And uh, you know, uh, what do you think is the solution? What what would what would change things so that this couldn't happen again? The parents need to be more aware of their kids. You know, I, I think it's amazing. You know, people say, "Well, how could the parents not be aware of it?" You see. But I think that it's hard to know for a parent what is just okay for your kid, what is just them expressing their individuality, and what's a really, really a warning sign. I mean, this is where, you know, it's the art of parenting, you know what I mean? Well, you know, you get in trouble if you spank your kid, so the parents really don't have any, dis you know. Well, I think there's a lot of proof that, that, that spanking actually doesn't 
isn't very effective as a way of tra of, of training kids. Uh, and I think there's a lot of research that indicates that it actually uh, the kids learn best when they're you know you know they're 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 calmer and more relaxed and have and not afraid of of the people around them, including their parents. Uh, so, but I think that that uh, that parents need to to you know to be supported in every way. I think they're sometimes afraid of of uh, what somebody's going to say. Well, thanks for calling in, Angela. Thank you. All right, take care. And we have another caller. What's your first name? Oh, good evening. It's Frank. Frank, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Los Angeles. Okay. And so, what do you want to talk about? I want to comment on the school shooting in Colorado. Sure, go ahead. I don't believe any of this this, this baloney malarkey about uh, uh, the rock and roll music, uh, the clothing the kids wore, the children getting teased or picked on. The problem uh -huh. that happened in Colorado was a problem with security. It, at the high school level, you need to have a, a strong presence of security. Well, then how would you explain then, Frank, that in all of the schools that, uh, that we uh, had coming to this conference, that there's no need for security, that they have almost no incidents of violence in a whole year, uh, that they have me mechanisms to work out their problems by conflict resolution and so on, uh, there's no need for it. Well, that might be the case where you come from, but in the real world, in the, in the inner city, security is the issue. Well, the interesting thing is that a lot of these kids were from inner city. There were, for example, uh, four schools there that were uh, Hispanic kids from Chicago, inner city Chicago. And uh, they were, I was just so impressed with those kids. Are, are you uh, familiar with Joe Clark? Oh, sure. I don't agree with his methods at all. Well, I thoroughly agree with his methods. He walked down the corner with a baseball bat. He had the children in fear. Nobody he would, got nobody he got would dare pull such a stunt under the watch of the Joe Clark. Well, that was what the movie was about, but the reality is that they eventually threw him out of there. <laughs> that it doesn't work. Fear is not the way to get things done, I don't think. I think for the betterment of the entire student body, security is the issue. If there was security on that campus in Colorado, this never would have happened. Well, you know, in other words, you think that there should have been metal detectors and so on for, uh, in, that, in, that, in that school? I, don't, I doubt they had. Well, absolutely, it absolutely metal detectors would have, would have been helpful. Uh, this nonsense about blaming the uh, the trench coats and the rock and roll music is baloney. Kids will be kids. Kids act that way. You think this is a normal thing for kids to do? That oh, any sure, kid, oh, any sure. place oh, you go, you're gonna you're gonna see this kind of thing happen. Sure. This, this happens how all come the we didn't? How come we didn't see this happening 20 years ago? Right? I'm not so sure if it did or didn't happen 20 years ago. I'm no, I, I, there was no there was no examples of kids just opening fire on their schools 20 years ago. Well, the happen. kids didn't have the guns. There was better security. There was better so, security. Well, 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 what, about, what, about, what about gun laws? You know, for example, in other countries, it's very hard to get a hold of a gun, and they don't seem to have this kind of problem that we do. Uh, would, would you be um, uh, in favor of removing guns from, you know, from people? Uh, away from the schools, yes. Well, no, I mean, I don't mean from the schools. I mean from everybody. Not making it so easy for people to buy guns. Would you be in favor of that? I have no problem with uh, stricter legislation, but I believe people have the right to bear arms. I do not believe the children have the right to bring guns to school. That's where we differ. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. In, in the state of Vermont, where I had my school, just about everybody had guns there. Yeah. 
and uh, and you would be uh, most years there wouldn't be one homicide in the whole year. But I think that again, again, that has something to do with smallness. You know, people knowing each other. I think that rather than you know just in tightening security, I feel like the, the answer is to break up uh, these big schools into smaller units and uh, and run them in a different way. Well, perhaps that'll work, but perhaps. I think a stronger security presence would have saved lives in Colorado. I'm just not sure that this is something you can do in every school. You know, in New York City, uh, they, the, the police department now has control of, uh, of the security in the schools. And I don't know if things have gotten better since they've done that, but it certainly is uh, frightening to a lot of people to think that if the kid does something wrong that this na you know, in, the, in one of these schools, that that now gives them a police record. You need to have an armed officer on the campus ready to slap the cuffs on a kid at any time they act out of line. Yeah, well, I disagree with you, Frank, um, but I, I think that to certainly respect your right to have that opinion, I'd, I'd like to know what other uh, callers might think about that, and I do appreciate you calling in. Oh, you're probably uh, right. You're probably right. The civil libertarians will always prevail. Okay. Thanks for the call. Again, uh, the number to call if you'd like to uh, comment on this, uh, if you're in Los Angeles County, the number is 818-353-1276. That's 818-353-1276. And if you're anyplace else in the country, the number is 800-336-2225. That's 800-336-2225. Well, I certainly respect Frank's right to have that opinion, but, but I, I believe that, that, uh, that this is, that you could never get enough security uh, if, you have this, if, you, if you have irresponsible kids growing up. And if you don't have responsibility as a key part of your curriculum. And I really think that when I say that, it means also uh, giving kids freedom and giving kids the right to make mistakes in some cases, but always giving them feedback. Well, we have Susan calling from Utah. Hi, Susan. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. What's on your mind? Well, I'd like to make a comment about the last call. He says sure, go ahead. better security 20 years ago. We, uh -huh. had, we had no security. I, I graduated 28 years ago. We never had any security at all. We never had any security at school. Well, never well, felt the need for it either, right? Well, no, but we didn't. We didn't have better security. We had no, no. no security. No, what I what I said was that not that that uh, I'm saying that exactly 20 years ago we didn't have the need for this right. and there weren't these killings. So I don't think the answer is having more security. I think there's something more basic that we have to look at. Right, but he's saying that we had better security. We had no security. No, no, I don't think he's saying we had better security back then. I think, I think he's just saying we need more security now. I, I'm the one who said, how come 20 years ago we didn't have the need for this, is what I was saying. And he said because we had better security. But I think you're right, getting the root causes. One thing, uh, me being a single mother, um, I know with a, with a boy is that um, the boys, there's a lot of literature and books on um, fatherless boys grow up to be dangerous men. These men, these boys, maybe if they'd been taking camping and, and out doing things, this energy of theirs needs to get directed. It's not women that are doing the shooting. And these boys, uh, boys have a lot of good things they can contribute to the world but needs to be directed positively. Well, I, th I think that their energy, the, uh, the energy that boys have has to have a way to have a place to go. It can't just be bottled up, you know. Right, and, and it can't and, be suppressed either. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that this is a whole other thing, but they do this with the drugs, you know, this Ritalin stuff and all that, which I totally disagree with. 
uh, I think that, that, you know, there's something like, I don't know how many millions of kids they're giving these, these drugs to in school, you know, and that's, uh, you know, rather than letting them be who they are, you know, I think. Yeah, I'm having a lot of trouble with, with my school and the teacher and everything because my boy's smart and he's gifted and I'm trying to get a hold of a charter school that's starting up. I live in a small rural type area. Uh-huh. Um, um, uh, well, how, how, old, how old is your son? He's six years old. Uh-huh. Can I ask your opinion on something? Does it sure. sound normal for you to have a six-year-old boy up against the blackboard for six weeks? What? This is what your school did? And, and they also have him from January until May. I finally spoke up, and so they got him up away from the blackboard, away from the other children. But now he has to leave the classroom and sit in the room by himself alone for a half hour every day. This is your, well, the time, it's time is gone, long, long gone by to get him out of that situation. Either you should homeschool or you can look for this charter school, but I would get him out of there. Okay, that's well, the kind of thing that causes these problems, I think. Pardon? I think that's the kind of thing that causes these problems. Yes, that's isolation not any effective way to deal with a problem. Well, maybe I can call your 800 number, number and get some way to help me get this figured out. This is insane, and I really appreciate you taking the time on the air to even discuss it with me. Well, I would be glad to talk with you. I'm really glad you called me. Okay. And, and again, you have that number, 800-769-4171? Right. Okay, and uh, you know, just just call us, and I can talk to you after the show or sometime during the week, and I'll I'll tell you what your options are. Okay, thanks. God bless. Well, thank you for calling in. Okay, um, we have got to uh, to take another break pretty soon, uh, and we've got some people who are waiting patiently to come on, and I really would like to know your opinions about all these things, and appreciate you know people calling in, and uh, we're glad to help in any way we can. Again, the number to call is 818-353-1276 if you're in Los Angeles County and 800-336-2225 if you're anyplace else in the country. And we're going to be right back after this short break. Okay, this is Jerry Mintz and the show is The Education Revolution. And tonight we're talking about what happened in Colorado and among other things. I, I, I suppose you know that uh, we just, uh, I was just out there right in Jefferson County and we had, I was at this conference of the National Coalition of Alternative Community Schools and uh, we have Tom calling in now from San Diego. How are you doing tonight, Tom? Hey, Tom. Can you hear me? Hello, Tom. Hello. Tom, you there? Can't hear anybody. Okay. Well, anyway, um, you know, I want to read you a little bit uh, editorial that I wrote a year ago, and see what you think about this. Um, and uh, let's see. Um, now, this was just after the Jonesville and Springfield massacres, and uh, uh, didn't know what we were headed for next. But anyway, it said everyone seems to be quite perplexed by the shootings of children by children in Jonesville, Arkansas, Springfield, Oregon, and several other places. Uh, but the shootings uh, aren't so hard to understand. And they do have some things in common. Uh, I don't think that the primary factors are accessibility to guns uh, or the, uh, the uh, responsible instruction on the use of guns. Uh, one thing these, uh, these incidents have in common is that they happen in public schools, not in the mall or at McDonald's. I think that the, uh, uh, that the causes have to do with 
culture in which life is very frustrating and anger-producing for children in, to, in today's schools and in their homes. Furthermore, children and subsequently adults do not learn how to adequately and effectively express their anger, make decisions, deal with problems, and take responsibility for their education and their lives in order to effectively meet their own needs. I'll go on with this uh, afterwards, but that gives you a little idea of what we're thinking. And we have Debbie calling in. Hi, Debbie. How are you doing? Hi, Debbie. Uh, where are you located, Debbie? North Providence, Rhode Island. Providence, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think? What, first? Did anyone what? get the uh, pub vegetable crop yet? Uh, no, no one's got it. Is it lettuce? <laughs> no, it's not lettuce. Uh, I would say you got to think a little bit wide. Remember, I said it's kind of the broadest definition. I know, I said it was so, for, wide. so, for example, people have guessed wheat and people have guessed rice. That's the kind of way to think. You see what I mean? Not the usual kind of just vegetable, oh, okay. but you see what I mean? So, uh, what do you think about all this stuff we've been talking about tonight, Debbie? Well, I think what happened in Colorado was absolutely awful, of course. Um, it sure got me thinking more about homeschooling. Yeah. Seven-year-old in first grade, and I'm mm -hmm. three-year-old. Right. And, and you know, there is an alternative school in Providence uh, called Wellspring. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. See, this is the problem that people. This is why I put together my directory. Uh, people just don't know that these things exist, that they do have alternatives in their communities, especially if they may not be able to homeschool. I mean, homeschooling is legal in every state, and we're certainly happy to help people who want to start doing that. But, right. but there are alternative schools, and Wellspring is a school, I don't know, they maybe have 20 or 30 students. Hmm. It's a small school, and, and it started with a homeschooling group. So if you, you can just look in the phone book there in Providence and uh, look up Wellspring, and there's a woman by the name of Maria Sperduti, who is the director of it, and has been a long-time subscriber to our magazine, The Education Revolution. And, you know, this, this is one of the first places to look. But if, you're, if you want more information on homeschooling, please do call us up, and we'd be glad to send you some stuff. Yeah, I did take your 800 number down, so that'll be Right. Good. Yeah, I was well, thinking about it before the Colorado incident, and then when that happened. Really? It was like... You know, yeah, I think that this is, you know, that maybe, maybe if, if you can try to take anything positive out of this, it may be that people will realize that they have to do something different, that they have to really look at their own kids' situation and not just go along passively. People have to realize that the education of, their, of your children is the parents' responsibility primarily. It is not the public school's yeah. responsibility. You have the first responsibility and the right and if you don't like what the schools are doing locally there are alternatives and there's homeschooling for everybody yeah unfortunately i think hopefully the colorado incident will wake up everybody as far as legislators the school committee i mean everybody and parents because right. i think you know i we all have our problems with the schools and and i really believe that it, it falls upon deaf ears you know well, yeah, I think that what happens is that the someone that made a kind of interesting analogy that the the public school system is almost like a, an organism that wants to keep its own shape. Right. You know, they just want to keep the teachers and jobs and right. keep it operating, and it almost gets away from its original purpose. You see. Yes, I. I which, which is to meet kids' needs. I agree. Well, thanks for calling in, Debbie. Thank you. All right, and Bye. I'll talk to you after the show or sometime during the week and give you some more information. Repeat your 800 number, please. Uh, again, if people would like to uh, to call in to our 800 number, to this is the our office of the Alternative Education Resource Organization. Uh, they can reach us at 800 
769-469-4171. I'll give you that number one more time, and I will be talking to people who call in during the show and leave their numbers, and I'll call them back either tonight or during the week. Uh, and uh, see what we can do to help them find alternatives for their kids. I think a lot of people are looking for them now, and that's what it is that we try to do, and we've been doing for a long time. And the purpose of it, again, is, is because we, we'd like people to know that they have these choices, that they have these options for their kids, and where it's just wonderful that a couple of the people who have called in today, you know, uh, who are looking for those needs to be met. Again, our number is uh, 800-769-4171. And, uh, you know, if you're interested in uh, calling into the show, uh, we just have maybe time for another caller and like to know what you think about what you've been hearing tonight. Uh, the number is, uh, if you're in Los Angeles County, 818-353-1276. And if you're anyplace else in the country, the number is 800-336-2225. I'm going to continue reading this editorial that I wrote about a year ago uh, about the Jonesville situation. Uh, essentially, all the uh, public schools, all that the public schools offer, and all that many American homes offer, are listen to what the teacher says, or listen to what your parents say, and you'll be okay. Maybe there was a time in the past when this was good enough, but it's not good enough today. The fact that these shooters were co so-called normal children is true, because these problems uh, with expression are the norm for our society. In fact, there are schools. And there are homes today in which children have learned how to manage their lives and express their feelings and their anger in appropriate and effective ways. Educationally, these approaches come under the category of alternative. They include alternative schools and home education. In some of these cases, there are actual democratic decision-making processes in place which give children a voice and a way to express themselves and be heard. All children adults and adults have anger at one time or another because uh, alternatively educated children have continuous outlets. Anger does not build up to un uncontrollable levels. In the schools and home schools where this is the case, violence is virtually unheard of. If any of these children slash shooters had experienced real empowerment and responsibility in their schools and in their homes, and if they had learned better ways to express anger and deal with problems other than by the ubiquitous arcade games which teach kids to solve problems by shooting down their enemies, these tragedies might have been avoided. So this was the editorial that I wrote about a year ago, and I think it applies today. And I want to just tell you that there was an interesting incident uh, at the conference in which uh, uh, some kids got into a dispute over a ping pong game, and one of them was bothering the other, and one of them went after him to try to push the kid out of the way, and it came, came to, to blows. And, but it was stopped immediately by the p other people who were there, and it went to a mediation committee immediately. And in the mediation committee, this was a situation in which the kids each got a chance to say what it was that they happened from their point of view, and, every, and each of the kids realized that there were some things that they did wrong. The first kid who was annoying the, uh, the, the people playing ping pong, and then the first kid playing ping pong who actually was the first one to use physical force by pushing the other kid out of the way, and so on. And they came to realize what, they, what the story was, and they, and they left uh, friends again and able to communicate and, and, and having been listened to. And I think that, see, this is just a microcosm of what we're talking about, that if you can, you know, you don't just let these things go by. And if a kid, for example, these, these kids felt slighted, felt like they were outcasts, these were things that would be dealt with in a good alternative school. They wouldn't just be ignored. Anyway, uh, this one other thing I wanted to, to, uh, to talk about, and I hardly have time to do this because we're, we're running out of time, um, but there was just a wonderful, wonderful uh, panel 
of students uh, at this conference. And in this panel, the students talked about various uh, experiences they had as uh, discriminated against minorities. And uh, one boy talked about what it was like to be raised by a lesbian mother, and, and he said uh, he, he came for, to, to dislike himself as a, as a white male, and then he finally realized it was okay to be who he was, and so on. He, and he had to work through these things and had to deal with the discrimination against his family. And then there was um, a, a girl who was Hispanic, and she thought that she was, she was going to her first conference. She thought they were going to all be Hispanic kids. And she discovered that she said that they were mostly white. She said, she said, I'll be honest with you. I looked out here and I saw they were mostly white. And I, I drew my opinions about this because uh, I've experienced a lot of prejudice, she said. And I want to tell you uh, that I was wrong in that opinion. I was wrong. And I want to apologize to you for that because I've met some wonderful people here. And um, it was just... Uh, and one of the girls from the audience who was white uh, said, you know, it just when I heard you say that, I just felt like going, going and up and hugging you. And, so, and she said, well, then come up and do it. And, people said, and she went up and gave her a hug. And it was just a remarkable experience. And I think that this kind of interaction uh, is just is wonderful when you, can, when you can see it. Kids, I think, you know, when you really give them responsibility, uh, rise to the rise up to, to the situation. Well, we're almost out of time, and uh, I just want to thank you people who called in today, and if anybody would like to talk to us further after the show or during the week, if you need any further information on alternative education and homeschooling, and uh, or if you, for example, know of a good sponsor that would kind of help us underwrite our program because we're losing money every month with our shows just in our attempt to try to get the word out. Uh, we do need more sponsors, so... If you, know, if, you, if you know of an appropriate one that we can believe in, let us know. Uh, anyway, the number to call um, for our office is 800-769-4171. Uh, That's 800-769-4171. And we do love to hear from you and help in any way that we can. I told you some of the great experiences of the conference where we met people who had contacted us and now have their kids in alternative schools and part of them and so on. Well, I uh, hope you enjoyed the show tonight and uh, hope you'll be with us again next week uh, for the Education Revolution. Uh, give us a call, 800-769-4171 and we'll see you next week. Take care. This is Jerry Mintz. The, uh, the show is The Education Revolution. And uh, today, well, we've <laughs> it's interesting. You'd think uh, in mo with most of these big things that happen around the country that it would die off in a little bit, uh, would uh, go down and people would lose interest. But in this case, people want to know. They want to understand what happened out there in Littleton. And as you know, Last week we were broadcasting live from Colorado from the NCACS National Coalition of Alternative Community Schools Conference and, and we talked something about that and uh, in the irony uh, of the fact that we were having a conference of small alternative schools that simply don't have problems not only like this but they don't even have problems with fights and uh, they know how to resolve conflicts and the kids love going to their schools and they have a variety of kids. Uh, the irony that we were having our conference and we scheduled our conference for that area just uh, just arriving on the day of the shooting in Littleton. 
And then, as you may or may not remember from last week, we had a group of kids with us from New York, from Albany, New York. We went out by train. And by pre-arrangement, those students stayed at a school in Jefferson County that night, the night of the shooting. Can you imagine that? They had very, very high uh, security. The kids were not allowed to go out unless they called security first. The doors could not open. They had all that, you know, they had those things electrically monitored. And uh, on our way uh, after the conference, the kids stayed at that same school. And the school was uh, founded by a guy by the name of uh, Arnie Langberg, who has been on our show, and uh, talked a little bit about why he started that school out there. And the same thing was true. When I stopped by to visit them, and they were staying just, you know, in sleeping bags in the gym there, in this school in Jefferson County, not the same school, but not very far away. Uh, again, we couldn't go in or out without, you know, them calling uh, security, letting them know that we were opening a door. Well, you know, this thing continues to reverberate, and I hardly know where to, uh, to go on with it. I mean, we've got so much more to talk about here, but... Uh, and I want to hear what you all have to say. Last week we had an awful lot of people on. I think people were mostly listening. Here you are, our guest this week. I really, you, what I really want to know is what's happening out your way. I know that where we are here, just here on Long Island in New York, several schools have had bomb threats and have closed down. I'm looking at one article I read in today's paper. And the latest of a series of bomb threats that have shaken the nerves of Long Island students and their parents, Plain Edge High School closed for the day Friday after an incident uh, uh, after a student allegedly threatened to blow up the building. Two students were arrested. And then in Brooklyn, you know, there was again the same thing. You know, there was actual shooting in, in Canada. Uh, and even, even Enid, Oklahoma class. I mean, I, I want to know, there are 40... Uh, stations out there broadcasting this show around the country and I want to know from you what's happening in your area is this really happening all over the country because it's something we really need to talk about we need to talk about urgently and um, well anyway we, we're gonna we're gonna still do our trivia questions today we're going to uh, talk about this and uh, other similar things uh, we do have some answers and it's uh, on a day like today that I wish this show was actually just going everywhere in the country because uh, we do have some things that I think could be helpful in this situation. Uh, I've got a few statements to read that were, that were uh, talked about at last week's conference and well, anyway. So if you have any uh, thoughts about this, if you just the main thing I want to know, I got a call from a teacher today. This is, this is incredible. This teacher was terrified going back into her school. She said over a third of the kids aren't coming in, uh, that they have had threats. She's had personal problems with kids. She had a kid in her class kill an animal uh, in the class, and she wrote this kid up, and nothing happened. Didn't even get to the, to the counselors. Uh, she, and, and she said there was another situation in which a kid loosened the screws of a VCR, and it was over her head. It could have fallen on her. Well, she, she actually told her friend, she said, you know, if anything happens to me, please just tell my parents that I love them. Uh, just incredible what's going on. And uh, we have some ideas about it. I'd like to know what your ideas are. The number to call is 800-298-8255. That's 800-298-TALK. 
And uh, we would like to know, you know, is this happening in your part of the country? Are there things happening out there, too? We really would like to know that. And we're going to be right back. Now's the time to call. We'll be right back after this break. Okay, we're back. This is Jerry Mintz, and the show is The uh, Education Revolution. Well, I told you that, uh, that uh, I would read a little statement that uh, we came up with, and this is just a, a, a group of us that uh, made this statement. It's not an official statement of the, or, of the organization. We have another one, which we'll talk about on a, on a show some other time, about standardization and all that. Uh, and just suffice it to say that the people in this organization are against uh, imposing standards from a distance. Um, and they're happy with the way their schools are going. But uh, this is something that we just came up with a group that said, it is, it is ironic that just a few miles from where we'd scheduled our annual in, uh, conference, uh, a terrible tragedy took place. The worst in a series of similar school shootings. We feel that the small size and cooperative relationships in our schools and programs tend to preclude such tragedies. And uh, I'll, give you, I'll tell you a little story about something that, uh, that happened. Uh, there was a, a little problem, a little altercation at the conference because these things happen. You know, this is life. Uh, between, uh, oh, it started over the ping pong table. Someone was annoying people playing ping pong and they told them to cut it out. And then one of the kids went over and tried to sort of physically move the other kid away. Well, that was the first use of physical force. And then the kid got mad that he was being pushed. And so uh, it started into a whole conflict uh, with, between these two groups of kids. Uh, nothing too serious, but what happened is immediately, immediately, this was given over to a mediation committee that was already in place for the conference. And over lunch, that group sat down. Both ki the, the, all the kids involved, the adult who was sitting over there, and uh, people on the committee, and discussed this and worked it out, realized that the, each of them were at fault in some way. Uh, one, the, the first kid who was annoying the other ones, and there was something underlying that. And uh, the first kid who used physical force and so on. And it got resolved, and the kids were fine after that. The point is, these kinds of uh, processes of conflict resolution have to be in, in place. And kids are people and have to be listened to. And if people are not listening to them, then this stuff that's inside them just gets worse, and it festers like a disease, like an infection, and gets to the point where maybe the point of no return. Just in uh, reading these articles, uh, you know, for, for example, this kid says, um, my belief is that if I say something, it goes. I am the law. If you don't like it, you die. Uh, I don't like you or I don't like what you want me to do, you die. This was on the website of this kid. Well, this is what happens when a kid's feeling, you know, not listened to for his whole life, perhaps. Anyway, we have a caller, and is it Terry? From Wilkinson, Indiana. Hi, Terry. How you doing? Hi, uh, I I couldn't disagree with you more. I don't think I, I kids. The problem with them, I, I don't believe they have any value system. I, I think they've lost it. They, they're they're out here groping for something, and they don't have a clue. Their right. value system comes from Sylvester Stallone, and and uh, when a guy talks about you know if you don't like what I do, I'll kill you. I mean, he gets that right from the movie that he's been watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he doesn't how do you, how do you, get a value system at home from his mom and dad, yeah. and he watches that stuff, and he watches the video games where he kills a million people a day on them, uh, you know, where's he going to get his value system? 
Well, I don't, I don't know if we do disagree, Terry, because uh, it's interesting. We, I, I ran an alternative school in Vermont, and um, we were once inspected uh, by the state, and we were a real you know, alternative school. And, uh, and, 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 and after that inspection, they said, well, we see what you specialize in. And we said, what's that? They said, it's moral education. And we were a little taken aback, and we said, what do you mean by that? They said, well, they said, well everything that comes up, uh, every kid there has to grapple with what's the right thing to do, and it's discussed in a whole group of the adults and the students right there. These kids wind up having a very clear set of values, and of course, that was true. That is true, and we hadn't looked at it quite that way, but that's what we believe has to happen. Well, it is. It's, it's, if you don't put a value on life, uh, I mean, human life, uh, you're just lost. Well, see, the whole point of the, and the point of the story that I just told about the little conflict that happened uh, at the conference was that this was not something that people considered insignificant. They considered it very significant, enough for the adults uh, involved on the committee and, and, the, and the students to get together and, and, and stop everything and talk about it immediately, not a week later. It doesn't get written up. It talk, it's talked about immediately. And in our schools, uh, we go beyond that, and usually there's a meeting of either a judicial committee or of everybody depending upon the size of the school. You see, so we take these things very seriously. Uh, I guess we lost, Terry. It's too bad. Uh, anyway, we... Oh, you're back. You there? Oh, Mac. Hi, Mac. How you doing? Where are you? In, in Fort Walton Beach? Right. Okay. In, in uh, Florida, is that right? Right. Okay. I, I was listening to you, and, and, and I've been thinking about this problem for a few days now ever since been having all the violence in school right and uh when the the government be it local or high level pass laws to tie the hands of parents in other words they are afraid to discipline their kid if they have to spank him hard or they're uh -huh. afraid to leave a mark on him and the kids understand this and after a while the kids understand there's no power greater than what they want to do and they, and they have no fear then of discipline, and and then it and in school they can't discipline because they get sued. So the kids got a a, a god idea of their own power, and then nothing can stop them from doing anything they want to if well, they are the violent type. Ma 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 is, I, I I agree with you to some extent. I, I think that I think that what happens is that kids who are not being listened to. Uh, will sort of take things into their own hands and almost try to create their own law of power if, if, ne if necessary. But I can tell you that at, at our schools, there's never any kind of physical force uh, allowed by a, a student or a teacher, and there's almost no violence because everybody has respect for each other, which is I, the, the direction I think you need to go to, uh, toward in schools. And I think part of this, of course, has to do with size, but a lot of it has to do with governance and how people actually make decisions and whether kids are really being listened to as people in those schools you see what I mean I understand but in uh, many cases the law comes out and arrests people a lady was in Winn-Dixie store in Georgia and she had an unruly kid and she, she was uh, caught up in shopping and all that and she slapped the kid and they called the police and they take her out in handcuffs okay we got we got to take a quick break Mac why don't you stay on the line we'll be right back Okay, we're back, and uh, this is Jerry Mintz, the show's The Education Revolution, and of course we're talking about what happened in Colorado. It just happened that we were there on the day of the shooting and had a conference right nearby of alternative schools, and 
we have a lot to say about this situation, and a lot of people are contacting us uh, for help. By the way, if there are people out there who are interested in help, in, uh, for example, uh, knowing about the alternative schools in your area, knowing about how to start homeschooling, and of course many, many people have been asking us for this kind of help, you can call our office number anytime um, at 800-769-4171. You can call right now. We can take as many calls as come in, and you will just get a message, and you can leave your phone number. Please do leave your area code, and we will get back to you. We'll send you free information, or we have other materials, too, that you can order, such as a books, a directory of alternative schools, of higher education alternatives, of homeschooling, and things like that. Again, the number is 800-769-4171. And if you want to call into the show uh, here and talk about this, the number is 800-298-8255. That's 800-298-TALK. And we have Mac. Mac, you still with us? Mac, you still there? I don't know if he's still with us. Hello, Mac. Uh, Eric, do you know if Mac is still there? Well, I guess not. Uh, too bad. We just missed him. Okay. Well, at any rate, uh, you know, we... Uh, I saw a little bit of Oprah Winfrey, and there was a guy who was talking there about this. His name was Dr. William Pollock, and, and he, he made, I thought, an excellent point. He said, you know, with kids, with boys these days, they don't cry tears. They're, de they're not being listened to. They're depressed. They're angry. But they, they're not supposed to express themselves. And people aren't listening to them. And so he says they don't cry tears. They cry bullets. And so this is what's happening. He says young boys in our country are in a silent crisis. Well, maybe not so silent anymore. He says they act out their anger. And uh, the girls just tend to suppress it. And they're sad, they're suicidal, they're depressed, and they just can't show how they feel. And, and another thing that I feel is that we have a whole generation of kids who we tend to see as worthless and irresponsible, and so it shouldn't be surprised if they act that way. Kids will tend to act the way they're treated. Uh, people talk about the so-called copycats of things that are happening. Hey, nobody copies anything unless they've got something inside of them that kind of resonates with this. And I think I, I want you to realize that it's not so much copycat as that there are kids, there are millions of kids out there that are unhappy, that are not being listened to, that are not empowered. It is a basis, it's the, the basis is a system, and I think a lot of the school aspect of it, and there's home problems too, but a lot of the school aspect of it is the fact that you've got a system in which their input is not welcomed, Supposedly, everybody has the answers for them. They're not asked to make choices. They're really not asked to be responsible. And so how come we're surprised if they act irresponsibly? So, uh, And the alternative schools that we are uh, talking about, this is the opposite. Kids are being listened to. In some cases, they run as complete democracies where everyone has a say. Uh, if there's a problem or a conflict, it can immediately go to a meeting. Uh, there are processes in place to let people express their feelings. They don't have to suppress them. They can express their anger. Uh, they can talk about it. This is the way things need to be done in schools, and I think it's the way they need to be done at home also. And um, in a little bit, I guess I'll have to wait till after, after the break. Uh, I don't know if we'll have enough time. I, I want to read something that I wrote a year ago about the problems that happened in in uh, uh, Jonesboro and Springfield, which, uh, and it still relates today to what's going on. So anyway, we'd like to hear from you. The number is 800-298-8255.
That's 800-298-TALK. And what I really want to know, I haven't heard yet, is is it happening in your community, what is happening here, where we are in New York, that there are all kinds of similar things going on, that there are, in Brooklyn, there were five eighth graders, I think, uh, that were talking about uh, uh, setting up a bomb at their school. Uh, in, in, you know, on Long Island here, there were two schools, three schools, closed uh, because of, uh, of bomb threats. Uh, this is not just coincidence, it's not just copying. I think that there's an expression of something going on here. We better listen to it. Uh, anyway, if you would like to uh, call in and, uh, and get involved in the conversation here, we would like to hear from you. Uh, there are 40 stations out there that are in different parts of the country, and we'd like to hear what's going on in your part of the country. Uh, the number to call uh, is 800-298-8255. That's 800-298-TALK. And if you'd like to call and get help from us directly, uh, the number is at our office is 800-769-4171. We got free information uh, on alternative schools and homeschooling. Again, the number is 800-769-4171. And we're going to take a break for the news and weather and all that. And we'll be back right after this. Okay, this is Jerry Mintz. The show is The Education Revolution, and uh, we're back home in New York at this point. Last week we were in Colorado at the, uh, gener in the general location of all the tragedies you've been, we've been talking about, and that is what we're talking about today. Uh, and we have Brian calling from New Orleans. Brian, how are you doing? Oh, great. Uh, that's a great show. Uh, it's a first-time caller. Uh, I well, wanted nice to, to hear relate uh, how I was as a child in comparison to the gun issue. Uh-huh. Uh, my, my, I stopped seeing my dad when I was age 13, but prior to that age, very early on, uh, he taught me all about guns, taught me about the dangers of guns, about how to safely handle them if encountered, and most of all, uh, familiarized me, satisfied my curiosity, told me any time I wanted to look at uh, one of his guns and was welcome to do so, all I had to do was ask, and he would uh -huh. unload it and go through it all with me. So. Uh, I wasn't interested in, in fooling with real guns because I knew what they were and I just wanted to play with the toy guns. Right. Um, in addition to that, uh, I, w I was taught proper values and I was sent to Sunday school. Uh, even though I, I had my own behavior problems, uh, pro uh, which can be possibly attributed to not seeing my dad at the age of 13, uh -huh. but uh, not once because of my respect for firearms and my respect for uh, good moral values and and religion. Uh, I never even thought about uh, trying to retrieve one of my dad's guns or even one of the guns that my grandfather had around the house when I stopped seeing my dad. When uh, I Brian, to. have have you ever heard of the uh, New Orleans Free School? A uh, New Orleans what? Free School. F R E E. Oh no, I sure haven't. It's it's a chart. It's a magnet school in New Orleans, and I know know it well. Bob Ferris is the uh, principal of it. And he's been running it for well over 20 years, and it's a school which really does uh, empower kids, and the uh, kids love going to it. Uh, and uh, I visited there many many times, and uh, I think that it, it that, you know it's, they've been under a lot of pressure over the years, uh, you know, to try to change and so on, and they've been. They've been forced to get a lot bigger than they ought to be. I think they have over 300 students now, but uh, yeah. it's a very interesting uh, and it's a great school. What's happening in the schools uh, in New Orleans in general? Are there problems uh, kind of reverberating there have been from some this? Phony, some phony bomb threats inspired mm -hmm. by all this news coverage in, in various schools. 
uh-huh. there was a shooting plot. There was a plot for really? four juveniles to uh, to conduct a shooting that was uncovered at a middle school in in, a, in adjacent St. Bernard Parish. Uh-huh. And they, by the time they finished investigating it, they found out that uh, the mastermind of one of the uh, the mastermind of it was actually going to use one of his father's guns uh, in the deal. And but they they broke it up early on and and dealt with it. That's the most serious thing we've had happen. Wow. Uh, in several years. And, and, and uh, how old was that kid? How old were those kids? Oh, they were about 12 or 13. 12 or 13. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and uh, see, the thing is, people just don't treat these kids seriously. And so they say, yeah, we'll, we'll, this is the only way they seem to know through the media and all this and uh, to, uh, to be treated seriously. Yeah. We have some good magnet schools down here. Uh, Benjamin Franklin is a school that is a magnet school, it's a public school that's so good that even local politicians try to get their children in there. Yeah, I've heard uh, of it. I'm a graduate of McMain Magnet, which is second to Ben Franklin. What's it called? Uh, Eleanor McMain Magnet School. McMain, where is that? Uh, that's on that's on South Claiborne and uh, Nashville. You see now, so you basically you went to a school that we would consider alternative to the ma- many of the magnet schools we consider to be uh, alternative. They are they are better at really listening to kids, empowering them, and letting them kind of do the things that they want to learn. You know. Yeah, they, they we had some interesting classes uh, aside from. German, lesson Russian and German. Really? Uh, we even had uh, experience-based career education, which uh-huh. I went through. I was able to work with an Air Force ROTC unit because of my interest in the military. Uh, in other words, a, a, an internship, basically. Yeah, and that, that was that was for some of the problem children, and I was considered kind of uh, one of them, but a problem child 10 years ago is, is no big deal these days. Uh-huh, right. Uh, in addition, you know, in that class, they had, had a typing class and an actual class where they, they teach you how to do resumes and how to yeah. you, you do mock interviews. Is, isn't, isn't there another pretty good uh, magnet school that's right in the French Quarter, something like McDonald or... There's a McDo- McDonough 35. McDonough or McDonald? Mc, McDonough. Mc, McDonough is in John McDonough. You see, John McDonough was a philanthropist who donated, who bequeathed his immense fortune uh, over 100 years ago so that uh, children of New Orleans could go to school who couldn't afford it. How can so, I remember those things, huh? He, he founded the public schools. He really yeah. did. And really? And he's, uh, McDonough 35 is, is number three. He's the third best public school in New Orleans. So I see. It, it really should tell you something. The three best public schools in New Orleans, all three of them are magnet schools. Right. Well, uh, I, I appreciate you calling in, Brian, and and, uh, and letting us know what's going on in New Orleans. And uh, uh, I think you, you, I love New Orleans, and I hope that uh, people look at some of these schools and they look at the New Orleans Free School and realize what that they do have some models in their community that they can look at that will help prevent these tragedies. Uh, I, I hope so, and uh, I'll, I'll check into uh, I'll check into that school. Uh, that's, that's the first I'd heard of it uh, it's, it's a very nice school. It's a great school. Okay, well, thanks for calling in, Brian. Okay, we've we got to take a, a break. Again, if uh, people would like to call in and get in on this discussion, we would like to know what's happening in your communities and what you think of all this. Uh, uh, the number to call is uh, 800-298-8255. That's 800-298-TALK. And we'll be right back after this. Okay, this is Jerry Mintz. The show is the Education Revolution, and uh, today we're we're talking about uh, what happened in Littleton. And uh, well, there are people involved uh, with our network who have uh, they believe some answers to this. We just don't have this kind of problem. You know, there are many 
Uh, many uh, schools that just have a lot of violence and fights and so on, and in most of our schools, which tend to be under 250, uh, the alternative schools, uh, there are no fights uh, sometimes in a whole year. Uh, I ran an alternative school for 17 years, and maybe we'd have a, a fight a year or something like that because there was never a reason for it. Anybody who had a problem with somebody could ring the meeting bell, and there would be an automatic meeting, and you'd get a chance to say uh, what, what happened, and, and people would listen to you. And uh, this is true of many of these schools. Uh, I want to remind people before we go much further that, um, that one of our sponsors is the Krista McAuliffe Academy. And this week, as I said, I've been getting an awful lot of calls and doing a lot of consultations for people around the country who are looking for alternatives. And, of course, if there's an alternative school in your community, you can find out about that by ordering our Almanac of Education Choices. Uh, it was an alternative school, a public alternative, that, we, that actually we stayed at in, uh, when we were out there in uh, Jefferson County for this conference that the group that was with us there. Uh, and uh, there are over 6,000 listed in this book, and it's by Zip. Uh, and uh, one of the things, you know, by state and by Zip, and so you could order this book from us for $23. That includes shipping. You can do it by credit card and by calling our office number, and I'm going to give you that in a minute. And the other thing is that uh, uh, one of our sponsors is the Krista McAuliffe Academy, and they are an internet-based uh, homeschool program that's fully accredited. They have all certified teachers. And it's much cheaper than a regular private school. And yet, you can uh, graduate from the school. You can sometimes, you go at your own pace, but you can actually sometimes go faster uh, and get out sooner than you would in a regular school. And the colleges are all perfectly happy to accept their credit. I don't know if you know this, but, but colleges are pretty much falling all over themselves today to get kids who had been homeschooled because they've discovered they make such good college students. Anyway, so if you're interested in the Krista McAuliffe Academy or if you're interested in the Almanac of Education Choices or would like information on homeschooling and how to start homeschooling, uh, call our office number. And I'm going to give you that number right now. You can, do it, you can call right now or you can call anytime during the week uh, whenever you want to. Uh, the number to call is 800-769-4171. That's 800-769. 964171 and I'll give you that number later in the show if you if you were, uh, have didn't get that down that time uh, I I was I told you I would read you well actually I did promise that I would uh, throw out the trivia questions again that from a couple of weeks ago that nobody's gotten so I'm going to do that now we do have prizes for them if you uh, if you want to call in uh, the uh, there are the three questions that people have gotten close to but not yet answered are number one what is the number one vegetable crop in the world and you should know if you were listening that there it's a very kind of broad definition of vegetable uh, not the typical definition and when you hear it you'll say oh yes of course but nobody's gotten it yet and some of the guesses that are getting closer are wheat and rice and people have also guessed corn and tomato and soy and those are not the right answer they're not the number one vegetable crop in the world the second uh, trivia question was what is the largest charity this is private charity in the US and people have guessed a variety of things if you think about it you'll realize what it is probably there's something like that right in your community uh, and the third uh, question is what is the most common name given to girls these days today uh, what is the most common name and so those are three trivia questions uh, if you want to try to take a guess, uh, we'll give the uh, anyone who gets one right a subscription to our magazine, The Education Revolution, uh, same name as this show. 
and uh, the number to call if you think you know the answer to that or if you would like to continue this discussion that we've been having on what's going on in Littleton and what went on in Littleton and what's going on around the country and it looks pretty scary right now uh, the number to call is uh, 800-298-8255 that's 800-298-TALK the number to call into the show 800-298-TALK uh, I told you I would read this editorial that I wrote a year ago and see if it doesn't make still some sense today. Everybody seems this is an explanation of Jonesville and Springfield. I think we could just add to it perhaps Littleton. Everyone seems quite perplexed by these shootings uh, in several places, but the shootings are not so hard to understand. Uh, and they do have some things in common. I don't think the primary factors are accessibility to guns or the responsible instruction on the use of guns. One thing these incidents have in common are that they happen in public schools, not in the mall or at McDonald's. I think that the causes have to do with the culture in which life is very frustrating and anger-producing for children in today's schools and in their homes. Furthermore, children and subsequently adults do not learn how to adequately and effectively express their anger make decisions, deal with problems, and take responsibility for their education and their lives in order to effectively meet their own needs. Essentially, all that the public schools offer and all that many American homes offer is listen to what the teacher says or listen to what your parents say and you'll be okay. Maybe there was a time in the past when this was good enough, but it's not good enough today. The fact that these shooters were, quote, normal children, unquote, is true. Uh, because these problems with expression are the norm for our society. In fact, uh, there are schools and there are homes today in which children have learned how to manage their lives and express their feelings and anger in appropriate and effective ways. Educationally, these approaches come under the category of alternative. They include alternative schools and home education. In some of these cases, there are, they, there are actual democratic decision-making processes in place which give children a voice and a way to express themselves and be heard. All children and adults have anger at one time or another because alternatively ed educated children have continuous outlets. Anger does not build up to uncontrollable levels. And um, in the schools and home schools where this is the case, violence is virtually unheard of. If any of these children or shooters had experienced real empowerment and responsibility in their shoes, the schools and homes, and if they had learned better ways to express their anger and deal with problems other than the arcade games, these tragedies might have been avoided. Okay, we'll be back for our final segment right after this, 800-298-8255. Give us a call. Okay, we're back for our final segment, and we have a very patient Dolly waiting for us in Dallas. Hi, Dolly. Hi. Uh, listen, the, the answer to that the vegetable crop, would that be peanut? Uh, you know, it's not, actually. Uh, you know, I think that peanuts don't really, this is, this is number one in the world, you know, so it's not, uh, you know, it's not just the United States. I don't think they're that common every place else. Okay. Well, uh, I, I ahead. just thought, I, you know, I'm a product of public school. What do I know, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, my brother-in-law started the first uh, charter school in the state of Texas in, in Irving, Irving, Texas, called the Renaissance Academy, and it's going great guns. And, oh, that's great. And, and, and so I'm familiar with the charter school concept and alternative uh -huh. schools and, and things like that, but I don't believe that it's primarily an alternative school issue. I think that it's more of a parenting issue. First of all, a parent that cares will probably put their child in an alternative school or charter school. Uh -huh. uh, but 
the two shooters from, from Littleton, their, their parents could have put them in an alternative school, and they would have done the same thing. They were not normal. Uh, we're losing we're losing uh, Dahlia for some reason. Uh, I'm on a I'm on a cellular. Can you hear me? Uh, oh yeah, okay, we can hear you now. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I, the, what I was saying was, if the parents could have put uh, the two Littleton shooters into an alternative school, and that yeah. still could have happened. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. I think that, that, that the, thing, the fact is that they were, these were two very angry kids, and if they had been in a, in a smaller school, this would have been addressed. Uh, they, first of all, people would have known what they were up to, and second of all, the, the issues that they had would have been somehow dealt with and not just ignored. I think that's the difference, you see. That, that makes it, I think, an alternative school issue. And yes, parents have a lot to do with it, but I think that we have to all be cooperative on this in our society. It can't just be left to one segment, you see. Well, I, and, and I do agree with that. I, you know, somebody knew what was going on, and certainly I think there should be consequences for the principal and vice principal of Columbine High School. What well, you, you know, part of, part of it is the whole concept. You know, when you have a 2,000-student school, you do the best you can. You know what I mean? I think the whole concept of a 2,000-student school is, is probably wrong. Listen, yeah. we got one more caller in there. We're going to try to squeeze them in. Thanks for calling, Thank Dolly. You. And, Thank you. And keep on calling. And we have Charlie in, in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, Charlie, go ahead. Charlie, you there? How you doing? Yeah, okay, fine. Um, I think the, the number one vegetable crop is either hay or grass. Well, you know, uh, hay is, uh, you're in the right, you're in the right general ballpark, but that's not quite the answer, but it's a, it's a, and of course it's a vegetable crop for human consumption anyway, we're talking about, so. Oh, help. When, all right, but it's a good guess. Charlie, what's happening down there in North Carolina? Have you had any similar things happening? As far as with the education? You all know it with the kids doing bomb threats and stuff like that? Any oh, reverber? yeah, they do that to get out of school, but you know, I don't know how people expect the kids to be responsible when the parents aren't responsible. Everybody's looking for an excuse. Everybody's a victim. We got this litigious society and everybody wants to blame everybody else for well, their problems. Well, in, in, in my school, in my school, we had a lot of kids whose, whose uh, families were, in fact, we even had kids that were abandoned and, and were just living with us. And uh, we expected responsibility of those kids and we got it. But anyway, well, listen, thanks for calling in, Charlie. We don't have much more time, and, and, but do stay tuned uh, and, 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 you know, hopefully you'll continue being a listener in the show. and. Uh, we want to thank everybody who's called in today. Uh, if you have any more uh, issues on this, if you would like help, for example, uh, finding an alternative school for your kids, if you would like help starting to homeschool, uh, if you would like, in fact, help even finding an alternative higher education program, we've got resources for all these things. Uh, distance learning. These are all things that will help people do. And, uh, uh, you know, if you have those problems, just give us a call at our office number it's 800-769-4171 we'll be here after the show we'll be here all week again the number is 800-769-4171 hope you enjoyed the show we'll see you next week on the education revolution <laughs>